In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that is totally fine with getting a little extremely nerdy with our analysis of pro wrestling. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarts, <laughs> and I am joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Faye. What's going on, man? How are you? The, <laughs> all of the wrestling podcasts getting a little nerdy about pro wrestling. But we That's are what fine. We can about. That doesn't make us... Okay. It's also the only wrestling podcast that gives their podcast five stars like every time that... Uh, let's see here. Jim Cornette watches the yeah, number of aneurysms that Jim Cornette has. God, yeah, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, uh, it, I would. I should have just gone with a mockery of JLB, but I'm not. So... <laughs> Also joining us, JLB from up north, RCMP JLB. I am Canadian. I am extreme. I am here and I am ready to talk about this subpar is being nice pay-per-view that we had this Sunday because it was extreme. All right. Just extremely bad. But we shall talk more about that. Boy, you are so wrong. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling. But we've had. I have a feeling we're going to get into some differing opinions here tonight. That's 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 what debates are for, guys. That's what a podcast is for. So let's do it. We're here to debate, and uh, it's always Canada versus America. So let's get her done. So before we get into all of that, though, I would like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you are done listening to this episode and, of course, any other episode that came out this week that you have missed uh, and clicking the like button and clicking the share button and making sure you're subscribed and all of that fun stuff, head on over to tatnusco.com. Check out the other shows on the network and uh, give them a listen. There's some great shows over there. And then you can come back here and listen to our next episodes because we post a lot of episodes. Um, but for now, let's get this horror show on the road. Oh, I see what you did there. Get it? <laughs> I, think, I think that was even worse than your extremely nerdy tagline. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's got a record. So we're going to start this episode off with um, uh, talking about something we don't normally talk much about. Yes, the bulk of this episode is going to be talking about the horror show at Extreme Rules, which is a horrible mouthful to, to say. Um, I don't even know why they put horror show as part of it. Uh, aside from the swamp match, there's nothing else horror showy about this. But, but first, I wanted to talk a little bit about something. I know Da Fabe didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, doesn't doesn't usually watch anything Impact Wrestling related. But this was a kind of monumental Impact uh, pay per view on Saturday, Slam Aversary. Um, and the reason it was monumental is they had previously announced that um, a fired WWE wrestler, one of the people fired in the major firing back three months ago, 
was going to show up at it. And boy, did they deliver on, it wasn't just a fired. It was, I think I counted five total fired WWE wrestlers showed up on it. Um, and in many ways, some people might argue that it was maybe a better show all in all. Um, if, if only for strict wrestling standpoint, but, uh, but we will kind of get into that. We're just going to, we're not going to spend a ton of time on impact wrestling. Cause I know a lot of the people who listen to this don't watch impact wrestling, but I'm going to say, if you don't watch impact wrestling, you are missing out. They've got some great wrestling going on some, uh, very good good people, good wrestlers on their show, and I think their storylines are actually pretty darn good. About the only thing that I can say 100% that I don't like Impact Wrestling doing, or that they're doing right now, is uh, unlike AEW and WWE, they don't have any wrestlers in the crowd. They have no crowd whatsoever still. And so it does seem a little empty in those respects. Um, I kind of wish they would follow the lead of the other places and have at least some people out there making some noise. But so anyways, we will just kind of quickly go over it. Um, well, we, we talked about one really cool solution to that. If they yeah. were to, to pipe, either pipe in noise or pipe in audience, so to say, via, via you know, uh, uh, biking up somebody's house that's watching at a party, slam anniversary party. It's an idea. It's an idea, and you know, I, I'm I'm no audio superstar technician, so I don't know if there's limitations that they're having a hard time with or whatever. But it would be something because the the show as a whole would have benefited from some crowd noise, even if it was even if it was fake crowd noise, just and piped in sound. Here's the thing, though they they do know how to do noise pretty well. Because one, and I've watched Slammiversary, I decided, hey, you know what? I'll give Slammiversary a shot. Uh, you know, Smarks has been telling me about Impact for quite a while. Let, let me give Slammiversary a shot because I remember watching it back in the day. Um, like, as you mentioned, the crowd. But one thing I did notice too that was maybe just a bit too much, and it does ultimately make the production even cheesier, was the amount of mics that they had around the ring and the ring noise when you hear the mat to me made it even that much cheaper well and i think that's that's where it comes down to and make it loud just the wrong kind of loud well if they would have had some sort of crowd noise it would have helped cover that up and it would make more sense but we're just going to kind of run down what happened uh things that that made me excited things that made me a little sad um, did you watch the entire show or did you kind of come in at one point? I came in at, uh, basically Heath Slater. Okay. So, so you missed the opening match, um, yeah. which, which I, I, I'll, I'll be up front. Slater I doesn't exist. Yeah. There's no Slater anymore, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll admit that I didn't get to see every match in total. Um, I had stuff going on yesterday, so I've just been kind of watching catch-up stuff and everything on it. But I've been impressed with most of what I saw. But the opening match was the Rascals doing an open challenge. Uh, so Wentz and Dez out there waiting for the person to challenge them. And the person, the, the team that came out and challenged them was the Motor City Machine Guns, my favorite tag team. I was so excited to see him. Now, I said it made me happy, but it also made me sad because I was really hoping AEW would bring them in sometime. And maybe, maybe they will at some point, but for now, they're back in Impact where they made a lot of their, their noise originally. But they're one of my favorite tag teams of all time. 
and they're so good with this rapid tag team offense that um i just absolutely love chris saban and alex shelley they're they're the man in my book for tag team modern tag team wrestling and so uh, a great back and forth match i mean uh the rascals are good at, at a very similar style with some quick tags and in and out and all of that stuff but uh having the motor city machine guns come back and then defeat rascals in the opening match was was a great start to the show moving on in kind of a surprise they had the tna world championship match number two tommy dreamer versus moose and uh what was announced as a old school something match. I'm trying to remember exactly the wording they had for it, but it was like an old school, and they didn't specifically say hardcore, but that's what it was. Um, hmm. And- uh, I where Moose was. <laughs> yeah, so okay. it, it sort of, and so we're talking, talking trash cans over Dreamer's head and drop kicks to him and chairs and all of that stuff. And so, I mean, it was, it was kind of an ECW style match, but for the TNA championship, which is not officially the championship of Impact Wrestling right now, I anticipate in the future we will have a match where Moose will go up against the Impact World Champion in a unification title match at some point. But uh, this one, I I don't know if Moose is designed for hardcore matches. Um, Especially not against Tommy Dream. That's what he cut his teeth on. Uh, then they moved on. Yeah, the knockouts gauntlet. Uh, and they called it a gauntlet match. It wasn't a gauntlet match. It was a Royal Rumble is what it really was. Uh, um, okay, yeah. They all, I'm just looking at it now. They all were in the ring. So I'm like, how is this a gauntlet? Yeah, it was not a gauntlet. They called it a gauntlet. Uh, which made you think it was going to be, you know, match after match after match, but it wasn't. It was set up, it was basically a Royal Rumble with only one minute in between entry. And then when it got down to the final two, then it became just a standard match. So um, they, I'm not going to go entry by entry and talk about it because, you know, I mean, I could name half of these wrestlers and a lot of people wouldn't know who some of them were. Um, I think they should learn. I mean, Tasha Steeles is actually uh, proving to be a pretty good newcomer there. Um, but, uh, you know, Katie Forbes, most people wouldn't know who she is. I don't think they necessarily need to. Um, having uh, Kira Hogan and uh, Susie and Jessica Havoc, and, you know, all of these things, some great stuff going on. But then they tried to be a little too WWE with it. Um, so long story short, uh, Taya Valkyrie has a, I'm going to use the word manager, valet named Johnny Bravo, um, who's kind of a tool. And uh, Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary are both kind of arguing over who he's going to valet for, who he's going to manage. Um, and they had him enter this twice. Right. They, they James Ellsworth um having having the man enter the women's knockout number one contender gauntlet match twice one time dressed as Taya Valkyrie and then later after he got eliminated Taya Valkyrie the real Taya Valkyrie came in and then one time entering as Rosemary and then Rosemary came in and they just needed to not do that that like I said that just reeked of WWE booking to me but in the end 
the final two left on there, you know, like I said, you, you had some great people like uh, like uh, Madison Rain was in there. Um, she came off of off of announcing where she's been for the past few months, and she actually entered in to a match and, and looked good in the match. But you had Taya Valkyrie and good old smiley Kylie Ray as the final two. And Kylie Ray actually picked up the win and is now the number one contender for the Knockouts Championship. Um, who she will face for it will be decided later in this show. Um, but it was, you know, it could have been a bright spot in the night and it really was kind of bad. And and a large part of that in my book was doing the whole Johnny Bravo thing in it. You know, the Knockouts division is actually one of the best parts of Impact Wrestling and it doesn't need this thing. Hmm. Uh, then you had a match. I know you got to see uh, Willie Mack versus Chris Bay. Yeah, so technically the Heath Slater thing was yeah. first. Because it wasn't technically a match. So I'm, I'm looking over this thing, and it, it, it skips over the non-match part. So, yeah. So before we get to that, we'll talk about that. They did announce that one of their... Uh, well, they didn't even announce. He just came to the ring. But right. it was formerly known Heath Slater. They just called him Heath on this um comes out and grabs the mic and says he's here to kick some ass and then uh Rahit Raju uh shows up and attacks him and Heath hits him with this I everyone keeps calling it a reverse DDT but it was really like a jumping Russian leg sweep more kind Mm. of um but it, it looked like a really cool move, so I was excited to see him. And and Heath Miller, Heath, Heath, I don't know what they're going to call him, but he looks pretty jacked, to be perfectly honest. Uh, he's definitely been working out a lot. He's looking um, more jacked than he, I think, ever looked in WWE. Well, he uh, looked as on Raw, pretty much. I didn't know yeah, it was like he did on Raw. Um, but uh, afterwards, he opened up his jacket and he's wearing a shirt that says free agent. And they pick that up a little bit later. He's shown backstage talking to Rhino, his former tag partner. In Which I thought was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he's still wearing that free agent. And then um, one of the uh, Impact executives, and I always forget his name, uh, comes up and says, hey, you can't be here. You haven't signed a contract. You're not allowed to be here. Um and Rhino makes a joke about, hey, it's okay, I, I got some pull, I'll, I'll make sure to sneak you in on Tuesday. So they're definitely playing the angle that Heath Slater doesn't actually have a contract. Heath Miller, what Heath, I don't care what they call him. Anyways, uh, doesn't have a contract. I don't, I mean, I haven't heard anything about him officially signing a contract, but I still doubt Impact would have him come on the show without something in writing, you know. So anyways, then they moved on. X Division Championship match, Willie Mack versus Chris Bay. Now, I know, uh, you know, JLB not following Impact. You didn't know really who Chris Bay was at all. And I don't know if you've ever saw Willie Mack wrestle before. No. So at first, and now, so keep in mind, I haven't watched Impact in probably a few years. Okay. So going into this match, at first I was like, okay, Willow Mack, how is this guy an X Division champion? Right. So, because this guy's huge. This guy's a big dude. He's almost Keith Lee, Keith Lee like, but I feel like he might be smaller than Keith Lee. But he's still a huge dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris Bay as well. Like, damn, these guys put on 
a phenomenal matchup. I really liked both their styles. And wow, was I wrong? Willow Mack can certainly go. That's uh, that's for certain. It was uh, pretty entertaining. Probably match of the night, maybe for me. Well, keep in mind that Joe and and Kurt Angle have both been the X Division champion. Yeah. So um, so Willie Mack is uh, five foot ten. And like 280 pounds, Keith Lee's 6'2", 340 pounds, give or take. So yeah, he's considerably smaller than Keith but Lee. But built like Keith. But built like a smaller Keith. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Will, Willie Mack is... I, I actually was familiar with him before seeing him in Impact, because he had a character on Lucha Underground. Um, oh. and, and then they just called him The Mack on Lucha Underground. And and so I got to see him there before. But yeah, I know he can go. He he looks like a big guy, even though he's not tall. But but he's definitely way more agile than you'd expect him to be. Um, but Chris Bay, Chris Bay has been one of those that's been impressing the heck out of me on Impact recently. Um, it's hard to describe him to someone who's never seen him. Uh, but he kind of looks like if... Um, if Kofi Kingston and Ricochet merged. That's what I was going to say. I, I, yeah, that's, that's probably the best way to subscribe, uh, uh, describe him rather not subscribe him, but describe him. And honestly, I instantly thought Ricochet though, when I was watching his stuff, I'm like, this dude's a Ricochet. Like, you know, maybe with a little bit of Isaiah Swerve Scott in there as well. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, He's just, yeah, this, this, I was, uh, well, no, he actually ended up winning. So, uh, (laughs) so yeah, it was a really great match. Like these two guys, again, just the production of everything kind of throws me off. I don't know if it's just the different kind of camera styles they use, how it's kind of set up with the hard cam looking towards the Slammiversary. Maybe there's too many lights. Maybe it's the yellow ropes. Just keep in mind, I haven't watched impact in the longest time so it's definitely uh definitely weird for me but at the end of the day the match itself the wrestling part portion of it was great i enjoyed it probably better than any match we saw on extreme rules yeah uh and then moving on uh we only have a couple more matches in this in this show three more matches i think uh but you had the impact tag team title match the north your boys throw up north Yep. Defending against an, it's I, a I have a hard time even saying it out loud. Out loud, Sammy Callahan and Ken freaking Shamrock. The dude is man. The dude is old. Yeah, he's 56 actually. I had to Google it because I had to check him out, and I'm like, man, this guy has been doing MMA and wrestling for the past 30 years though. Uh, and then they alluded to that he was going to be the next like TNA legend or Hall of Fame, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know why this guy's still wrestling. I mean, he could still jump and kick and whatever have you. Watching Sammy Callahan for the first time, I wasn't too impressed um, from all the things that plenty of people have told me about him. But I feel like he's more of a hardcore guy. So this wasn't really his bag. Yeah, he is definitely more of a hardcore guy. And uh, he's also more of a... I, I think he's better solo. Now, I also would... There was a um, whole thing with recently Sammy Callahan was part of a group called Ohio versus everyone OV and uh, he was kind of the hardcore leader of it and ever since they broke that group up and there were reasons they broke that group up outside of wrestling 
Uh, one of the members of that group was in implicated in the speaking out movement mm. and has since been uh, basically blacklisted from wrestling on any majors and you know uh, rightfully so uh, but I I kind of feel like Sammy Callahan now doesn't have a, a rudder you know what I mean he doesn't know where he's going and he's kind of just floating he's definitely better in a singles hardcore thing and that's actually uh, that's what brought Ken Shamrock back in he had a long feud with Sammy Callahan and so that's why it was kind of weird to have them team together now uh, but I guess they're just teasing up for them to feud again because part of the reason that they lost was because of miscommunication between the two of them. Right. So, um, but then afterwards, while uh, while the North is celebrating, and the North is awesome, I'm going to say that right now. Sure. I absolutely love the North. Uh, and I've seen a few a few of their promos as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Just whether it be social media or just on YouTube like that. These guys are good too. They're like good talkers. They're uh, traditional wrestling as well. They kind of remind me of FTR a tad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, I really enjoyed them. Um, I don't know how good they'll be on Impact though. I feel like AEW's are, yeah, AEW should probably pick them up, but whatever, you know, yeah. like they're good. They, they need a tag team. And if Impact's going to keep them, that's a tag team to certainly keep because mm-hmm. those guys are but Ethan Page is awesome, and Josh Alexander. I I love Josh Alexander's look because he wear he wears the old amateur wrestling headgear sort of a thing, right. and and that's kind of his whole gimmick is he's a pure wrestler. Uh, but Ethan Page is not a pure wrestler. Ethan Page will do whatever he needs to, sort of a thing. Um, but it, that was great. But as they were celebrating, the Motor City Machine Guns came out and announced that they are going to uh, challenge the North for the titles on Tuesday on Impact, which means uh, I will be watching Impact Wrestling Tuesday night. There we go. Yep, for sure. Motor City That's Machine fun. Guns, Detroit, yo. So, um, you, so if I do want to watch that match, that match is only on their Twitch, I guess? Like, where do they have their... Uh, they've got a... They they have their show on Access TV, I think is what it's called, uh, which isn't available a, a lot of places. So Twitch might be the best option for you. Um, so if you want to watch it on Access, you have to have Access. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing with Impact. Impact... Um, Don't you know? Bloody up. Impact, they were having a hard time finding a t- cable channel to take them. Um, it makes it sound worse than it is, but they were on like little brinky dink channels and they kept trying to move up to a nicer channel. And so instead, Anthem, the company that owns Impact, just bought access to <laughs> okay. bought, bought their own own cable which, channel. Which nobody has, though, I feel. That's not like a normal American channel for you guys. It's it's not in as many uh, places. Um, well, way to go, Impact or Anthem. One job. But it's... It's better than their previous. Their previous one was on even less. Uh, Wasn't that Velocity? Yeah, I think it was Velocity for a while. Um, oh, okay, that's fair then. Access but, used to be act- known as HDNet, and now it's Access AXST. Um, um, I feel like they're on Fight Network here for a while too. In Quebec specifically, they're on RDS. They had to deal with RDS, which is like the French version. Um, yeah, I don't know, but they should kind of get something because. Honestly, like I get it, everything's online now and so on, but I'm not down with Twitch either. Like, I don't know. 
their production is still pretty bad though so i i understand why they probably can't like their backstage promos are really bad and they're like not even filmed well yeah so so here here's a statistic access tv is available on about 50 million uh households in america uh usa networks on 90 million okay that's not about they're on about it's not the worst but it's still not quite as good as you know a a usa network or i bet you tn (laughs) 90 million, right? You have 90 million, but you only have, what, 100, 200,000 people who watch wrestling if we're going by WWE SmackDown numbers kind of deal. So, yeah, well, that's the deal. I mean, they're, they're in plenty of households. They're just enough places that they're just not on. And that's why the Twitch deal is kind of a big deal for them. Um, and it would be nice to get them. I mean, you should make like a Facebook deal too, man. Like Facebook Watch is a thing now. You have popular shows on Facebook Watch. You can but... live stream on YouTube. Just put it on all the all the channels that you can. Just put it out there. Say you can watch us wherever. Anyways, but that's beside the point. Uh, so I'm excited for Motor City Machine Guns versus the North. I do anticipate the North's gonna win it, but it still will be fun. Moving on, you had the Knockouts Championship match. This was probably your first introduction to Jordan Grace. Yes, and wow, I gotta tell you, I wasn't a fan of her attire, um, but I am a fan of her wrestling. This girl is just, she. I found she was better than uh, Perosi, whatever her name and I also found out she was also just new to Impact, and I was kind of like, but then why is she already getting a shot? Like, I was kind of confused by that, but uh, it was a good match. <laughs> Deanna Perrazzo was one of the ones let go from NXT. Snap! That's why she looked familiar-ish. Okay. And she was never really used well on NXT. She was a lot better than they ever let her be on NXT. So she comes over to Impact, and they immediately hotshot her to the top because she was probably one of the better wrestlers in NXT. And that's her whole gimmick in Impact is that she's a pure wrestler. Um, that she's not, you know, uh, not a brawler, not gonna be the flippy dude. She's she's effectively um, no flips, just fists for the women's division. Anyways. Okay. But, but this was one of those matches she- I was looking for because I love Jordan Grace. She is... She's a little fire plug is what she is. Um, and she throws people around. Yeah, it was pretty like this reminded me almost as if it was like an Oscar versus Banks match. Maybe not quite as technical, but it was like up there. Like it was still like a good entertaining match. So I'm really excited to watch more of her stuff for sure. Because, uh, yeah, it was fun. Like good, they have, they have good women's wrestling. I've only watched one match, but they have good women's wrestling as far as I see. Well, that's it. Jordan Grace is one of those that, if she ever becomes a free agent, I would, I think, would make AEW's women's division so much better. Um, I think she's that good. So, um, and then the final match of the night, the Fatal Five Way Elimination Match for the vacant Impact World Championship. Of course, oh, that's the one that Go ahead. It was, it was only counted as a fatal four-way, technically. Well, it was it was a fatal four-way, and then there was supposed to be a mystery entrant. No, no, no. The other way around. It was a fatal four-way, and one of them was a mystery, and then just go on. Either way, it doesn't matter. We're playing semantics here. Start talking about the thing. <laughs> but uh, so um, now I think 
before this match yes. happened? Yes, it was supposed to be a five-way because Blanchard was supposed to be in it. But Blanchard got fired, and then so they decided to make it a fatal four-way. And then there's going to be a mystery opponent, which was supposed to be a former WWE superstar. So it was supposed to be a fatal four-way, three people were known, and then there was going to be a mystery one. For a guy that doesn't know much about Impact, for some reason I know a lot about that situation. <laughs> Well, no, because it was always advertised it was going to be a five-way. It was four four people and then a mystery person. Was gonna Start, be the yeah. Start talking about it, and I'll explain why you're wrong. Okay. Wow. Because someone mentions why. That's why. So that's why I don't want to say anything just yet. I'd rather people get shocked by who they are with your great introduction towards the match. Okay. But we knew going into this that it was going to be Eddie Edwards... Ace Austin, Trey, mm-hmm. and Rich Swan, and then there was going to be a mystery one. So we knew going into this four people plus a mystery one because Rich Swan was injured, so he wasn't supposed to be in the match because the commentators were mentioning and surprised by Rich Swan's entrance into the match. Anyway, okay, it, it doesn't really matter. It was a fatal five way, but before this. I'm thinking if I remember correctly, before this is when they did the, or they talked about Gallows and Anderson officially signed right. to Impact. Um, they didn't appear at this, but there was a pre-recorded promo thing that they talked about. So that's uh, number three uh, or two and three of the former WWE people showing up on this. Uh, and then uh, in this, of course, the mystery opponent was uh, a former WWE person, uh, but it was not who I thought it would be. Yeah, like was shocked I, this one too and pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was 100% thinking this was going to be EC3, to be perfectly honest. This is the perfect place to have him come out. And it wasn't EC3. Now, they did run a promo for EC3 during the night, so EC3 is coming to Impact, which doesn't really surprise us. That's where he's had his most success, uh, so it makes sense for him to go back to Impact. But the mystery opponent was Eric Young. Also a former Impact wrestler. Who also was a former Impact wrestler before he went to WWE and got wasted in WWE. Well, I mean, he was in Sanity. Sanity was kind of decent, but then they just missed it. Sanity got wasted in WWE. Yeah. When they were in NXT, they were good, but then they went to WWE and uh, the main roster and just sucked it up. Anyways. But uh, I I will say one thing. I love Smarks. Oh, you love Smarks? Uh, I love you too, man. What the hell's going on in the background? Am I just, oh, I'm the only one hearing that. Okay. I thought one of you guys was playing it. I love how Smarks immediately cuts it off like, well, it doesn't really matter. And then so JLB has to prove it by sending us a text. (laughs) And at the end of the day, both of you are right. It doesn't matter. And they were advertising a fatal floor. Yes! Thank you. All right, moving on. But it didn't matter because the really important person that wasn't advertised in that ends up winning this match. Uh, yeah, which also was pretty shocking uh, to me. First of all, how long was Rich Swan in TNA? Oh, no, that's right. Okay, I, I figured out why I was wrong. I figured out why I was wrong. It was supposed to be Michael Elgin as the fifth person and michael elgin also got implicated in the speaking out so got fired so that's where i was wrong so yes you are correct 
by the time Slammiversary came around, it was just advertised as a fatal four-way. In in to be fair, because I am Canadian and I don't want to take all full credit, they have flip-flopped through this entire thing with it being a five and four-way. So given that you do follow it, I can understand your confusion. I, I had just totally forgotten that the fifth entry was supposed to be Michael Elgin, who turned out to be a total scumbag and um got fired. So but that was only like two more, weeks ago, so it was like more one is that we just had a title change or a new champion because there was no champion because yeah so in the end eddie edwards was the winner and i heard someone refer to eddie edwards in a way that makes a total a lot of sense to me uh they referred to him as the undertaker or sting of impact wrestling uh wouldn't sting be the sting of impact wrestling <laughs> no because uh I, what, the way they're referring it is as important as, and Sting really wasn't very important to Impact Wrestling, I, but, I, he, I'll give that. but he was important to WCW. So Sting was the WC, uh, the Sting of WCW. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Eddie Edwards has been in Impact Wrestling since 2014. 2013. Bobby Lashley. And I and that's one thing I, I, I get it why they're doing it. They just name drop wrestlers all the time. Like I get it they can and whatever, but I'm just like, yo, you're you're clout chasing at the same time. Oh, it's, maybe Bobby Lashley, he did this. Like they're only naming former TNA superstars kind of deal. And I get it, whatever, but it's just like, okay, can you stop being petty and stupid? Just like move on. Like talk about your wrestlers, you know? Like Yeah, no, I've I brought that up before. Impact Wrestling, uh, their YouTube channel every week posts, hey, free match. And it's always like two people who are now in WWE or AJ or Styles versus Bobby Lashley. Oh yeah, and oh, Styles was your first X Division champion, which granted I guess there can only be one first and one phenomenal one but you know there could only be one first kind of thing so yes he was your first one and i get why you kind of mentioned that but then you just name dropped they name dropped a bunch in this main event and i was just like guys well the the problem with doing that combined with what else they did earlier in the night in the women's title the problem with doing that is it makes them look like a developmental territory um because has Bobby Lashley been the world champion ever in WWE? Nope, Theoretically, nope. I guess you could say the ECW champion was kind of a world championship, but it wasn't. You know, AJ Styles was a top dog there. Now he's a top dog in WWE. Bobby Lashley's a mid-carter in so, WWE. So, or, the, you know, Young is a nobody in WWE, and he was champion in TNA, yeah. you know? Yeah, Eric Young, former champion in TNA, was a nobody in WWE. Deanna Deanna Perrazzo was kind of buried in the NXT card. Now she's their champion. You know, like it, 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 they damage their own brain by doing that, and I don't think they realize that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I get what they're doing. My my thing has always been their in their YouTube channel, and so three days ago they post a full match from july 28th 2016 and it's mike bennett versus drew galloway uh, okay yeah wait wait so, you, can, you can actually see mike bennett wrestle you actually can yeah <laughs> um i'm scrolling back to see what their their last i mean going backwards to see what their full matches that they posted before that because it like i say it's almost always when they do full match 
It's um, it's just hard because they're actually regulating themselves to the stars of tomorrow. We're the undercard for WWE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and they're and they have better wrestling than that a yeah. lot of times. Yeah, they just. You know, they back themselves in that corner because they're so big on this. Hey, look at us. We used to have this guy who's now really, really big in WWE. So we saw his potential first. I mean, theoretically, if they do that with Jay Lethal and Angelina Love and Madison Rain, they're effectively making ROH the third best brand. Like, I, and, and we know that they're third biggest brand and we know that ROH and Impact kind of battle it out for the third biggest brand in the States um, or in North America and you know you're, you're if they start doing that with guys like Jay Lethal and Angelina Jala, Angelina Love and, and people like that they're they're pigeonholing themselves into a into being competing with Evolve which they're not they're better than Evolve you know full match Sting versus Kurt Angle this is back when we had the stars. Hey, there, there's one from, uh, from two weeks ago. EC3 versus James Storm. Two people that aren't really tied to WWE. Well, anyway. At least, at least it's but not so, a tied WWE. But, so I, Eddie Edwards ends up winning. And yes. then... And then... At the end, uh, they start beating up on him. Um, uh, Mad Madman Fulton. Austin Ace and yeah, Ace Austin uh, start beating up on Eddie Edwards, and the Good Brothers show up. What? And at first, don't know, you know, because they've been kind of heels. Uh, so are they going to be heels and side with Ace Austin and Madman Fulton? Um, but no, they save Eddie Edwards from being beaten up, and and I guess maybe are on Eddie Edwards' team. Maybe it's gonna be some sort of a club. Uh, yep. Yeah. By the way, were they were they called the Good Brothers before on Impact, or that's just a new thing? The, the the Good Brothers are the first of this group that don't really have ties to Impact. Um, neither of them wrestled for Impact directly or TNA directly. I think Luke Gallows appeared a few times during their partnership with New Japan. But but they were never contracted to Impact in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think Carl Anderson ever wrestled on Impact at all. So this is their first like big name signing, uh, totally separate from from someone coming back from elsewhere. Um, I mean, their name too isn't, I guess, that bad. Um, but you know, it's it's all right, I guess. I was just expecting more of a powerful name. But you know, the Good Brothers works, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I what mean, they are. They're still going to be Gallows and Anderson. They're just, they've been called Good Brothers since their New Japan days, you know, um, as part of the Bullet Club. It was kind of a. Oh, okay. So it is a thing, though. It's not just something TNA or Impact no, made yeah. up. It's not, nothing new. I mean, you even heard them referred to as the Good Brothers on WWE a few times. Well, uh, I guess I wasn't paying attention. So, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But, anyways. So that so that was the uh, impact slam anniversary result, and like I was saying, I didn't want to spend a ton of time, although we ended up spending more time than I expected. Oh, you forgot one little thing. Oh yeah, what did I forget? End of slam anniversary. You see a vignette. I'm gonna set it wrong. Of EC3. Yes, EC3 just chucking his glass at the wall and growling, kind of. Yep. Yep. A little growl. Yep. 
Um, he didn't actually say anything, but he didn't have to. He just had the three projected on the wall behind him. And, of course, every, if you followed Impact Wrestling for long enough, you, you're familiar with him before. Although, it's going to be interesting to see his character without a Dixie Carter tie-in. Because that was his whole character before, was he was supposedly Dixie Carter's nephew and you know, part of that power. But Dixie Carter has no kayfabe control anymore. So, but I mean, at the same time, thank God, man, good for him, because uh, kudos to Impact for at least picking up stars that have done well on their Eric Young. You know, like I, I knew of Eric Young because of TNA, and I thought Eric Young was phenomenal back then. Uh, when I saw him on TNA with a lot of you, uh, I feel like I've seen him in a bunch of X Division matches. But I loved his story. I feel like he had a bunch of storylines with James Storm as well, if I'm not, if I'm correct. And mm-hmm. it was just he was a he was great talent there. And EC3, I don't really, I think I stopped watching Impact around EC3 time. Um, but I know he was a champion and he was pretty decent there. So that's great for them because honestly, man, these guys I'm sure are ready to let loose again and start wrestling and, you know, get their mojo back, if you will, because uh, WWE definitely squandered any opportunity for both those guys. And even the Good Brothers, the, you know, as AJ's lackeys, I guess they were still having fun. They were with AJ Styles, that's their brother, whatever have you. But at least they'll be able to showcase their talent now. And that was your Slammiversary, guys. Yay. Yes. We spent a little bit more time on it than I expected to, but that's really what it was. It really, because it ties in with WWE, with a bunch of former WWE stars making their appearance, I get that a lot of our listeners probably don't watch Impact Wrestling. Um, I think they're missing out if they don't, but I do understand there is a lot of wrestling to watch. Even even if you're not talking New Japan and Ring of Honor, uh, you know you've still got three hours of Raw, two hours of uh, AEW, two hours of SmackDown, uh, two hours of NXT. Um, that's nine hours of wrestling, and that's a if there's not a pay per view that week, you know, adding in another two hours of Impact Wrestling and potential pay-per-views is a lot to add in. So I get it. But if if you're one of those people who stopped watching WWE because it's not entertaining anymore and is only watching AEW and NXT on Wednesdays, try carving out a little bit of time on Tuesdays to watch Impact. I think you'll enjoy it. And, you know, I'm sure, or if they don't, they definitely should. Impact, if anything, should do of like a best of in that week. You know, give their best matches, put that on YouTube, uh, put that everywhere, put that on their Facebooks. And because it's a lot of wrestling, as you mentioned. And although I could say, yeah, maybe don't watch SmackDown this time around or, you know, but you have Matt Riddle, you have AJ Styles on SmackDown. So you're going to want to see what's going on there. You have Seth Rollins on Raw. You have AEW you're going to watch, Jericho and so on. And just the phenomenal wrestling that's already there to begin with. So I think Impact (laughs) has to do great marketing because there is so much wrestling involved and i don't necessarily know if the wwe fans or even the AEW fans are gonna like impact just because the production is really sour to me and the fact that they don't have any crowd people are already upset that there's no crowd in wwe and they have wrestlers there and performance center people and some people can't even get involved in that this is even worse Mm-hmm. That's what I said. I think that's the biggest downside to Impact right now is because there's absolutely no crowd whatsoever. It just and, sounds so dead. And, and maybe something added on to commentary. 
as well. I'm kind of kind of annoyed by Don Callis a bit, and uh, you know, Josh Matthews is kind of a Michael Cole, which I don't mind. Uh, but you need someone a little bit more eccentric there too. I, I got to be honest, I think we missed out a little bit on Slammiversary by not having Madison Rain out there because she's been doing pretty good on commentary, uh, being oh. that kind of, well, like you say, an eccentric character because the the former wrestler, um, current wrestler, because she was in the match tonight, uh, give a little bit of thing. But yeah, there are parts of Impact that are still very cheesy. Um, they didn't do any of it tonight, but Madison Rain has a uh backstage talk show that she does sometimes that's really cheesy uh her co-host on that is a wrestler named johnny swinger who really sucks um i don't like him at all uh disco inferno has been a character recently on impact um and so i mean really a chauvinist yeah that's his whole character on impact is girls suck i mean that he had a whole thing whole back and forth with uh tessa blanchard saying you're you'll never be a big star because you're just a girl and even jordan grace had a thing with him um feud with him for a while anyways so they're i'm not saying they're perfect and they're definitely not top tier but their in-ring product can make up for some really bad backstage stuff sometimes so it's worth at least checking out but we will move on to what really uh, pays the bills around here. WWE Extreme Rules, or as they kept calling it, uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules, which makes no fucking sense. <laughs> and demonetized. Uh, we've been demonetized for a long time, and I don't care. <laughs> so the, the, big, the reason I, it makes no sense is aside from one match, there was nothing horror show about this. Well, and the Rey Mysterio eye for an eye, if you want to. That's still that. not even horror show. That's an Extreme Rules match. That's in the other name, mm. Extreme Rules. But here's the other reason I hated it is the horror show, the whole horror show aesthetic didn't make sense with the neon glow show that everything else was for this show. I mean, their whole aesthetic was uh, purple and neon green and and almost this 80s neon vibe and all this stuff that didn't fit with the horror show concept just in general there either so that you could have literally called the swamp match the horror show at extreme rules yeah if they would have just called one part of it the horror show i would have probably been fine with it but they called the entire thing the horror show at extreme rules and in the end it Maybe it was a little prophetic as to how bad some of the matches would be. <laughs> I don't know. Well, at the same time, too, look at Greatest Match Ever, right? Look at that with Edge and uh, Orton. They yeah. called that entire thing the Greatest Match Ever, and it was really only just referring to that match. So maybe they're kind of just doing that same whole thing with uh, Extreme Rules, the horror show, where everything else is going to be Extreme Rules, and then we're going to end it with a horror show kind of thing. I don't know. The I think my biggest problem is the word at there in the middle the horror show at extreme right like maybe if they called it extreme rules colon the horror show you know what i mean i'd have been like i guess that makes sense it's a a subtitle right Mm -hmm. but the horror show at extreme rules but vince mcmahon just liked it i like it i like it everything's good shit that's that's it i like the crypt when i was younger we're calling it the horror show we're doing it i'm a hitchcock fan we're doing it it's done that's some good shit. 
But so we started off with the kickoff show, Kevin Owens versus Murphy, in a match that was going for reasons. <laughs> yep. It wasn't even in my wrestling pool. It wasn't announced until it happened. So no, it just happened. Um, I'm just happy my Montreal boy won. And, uh, you know, it was what it was. I don't know what to tell you. I'm... I'm sad to see Kevin Owens on a kickoff show again. I'm sad to see Buddy Murphy, or as he's just called now, Murphy, on a kickoff show. But at least he was there, I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a good I match. Mean, take a win. It was a good match. I'm not. I'm not gonna dog the match at all. It's. It's sad. This was actually probably better than one or two of the matches on the main card. Oh, um, but I feel like better than than one that is associated with this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But um, but I feel like we say that almost every time uh, about a pre-show match. Um, but in the end, uh, Kevin Owens hit the stunner and got the victory over Murphy and advanced some storyline somehow. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened afterwards, right? It just kind of ended, and I was like, it's like okay. It's done, and now there's still 12 minutes left till the actual show starts, so we're going to... They had this weird aesthetic where they went back to to the studio and um, I can't even remember the names of the guys that were there. It was um, oh well, for, it was um, I was shocked by this. He's a Canadian guy. He's our that's the Canadian guy that does our live events for. Um, it was Rosenberg and um, Stanford. What's his name? He, he annoys me. I hear him every week. Hey guys, it's your buddy. It's your pal Scott Stanford. He's, uh, I was shocked to see him there because he's technically in Toronto, I think. So I guess not because he was obviously there with Rosenberg and Rosenberg is very much American. So I'm interested to know where their studio was. And yeah, I don't know. Rosenberg was there live because he's very much Canadian and the borders should be closed. <laughs> but, uh, but it was just a weird aesthetic for it because, I mean, it wasn't their typical round table that they had set up, although they did do something similar with that through Zoom or Skype or whatever, where they had Booker T and Renee Young and um, who was the other one? Was it Samoa Joe? No. No. I... Oh, uh, JBL. Yes. Um, but anyways, when they talked, but it was it was a whole lot of talking because they're like, I'm not joking. There was still like 15 minutes of pre-show left after the KO match was done of just like, yeah. The, the real show is going to start sometime, but we're going to just jaw jack for 15 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you could have honestly have just put this match on the card just in general because this ended by 10 o'clock Eastern. So there was still plenty of time to have this or, you know, if you didn't mess up a few other matches on the card. But we'll get well, to that. My wife legitimately said when the final match of the night ended, she looked at me and said, it, it's it's done that's it it's just yeah, it was really early it was really early and yeah so uh, i don't know I'm, i've expected that of them though i feel like they've been doing that since money in the bank or maybe the pay-per-view before yeah they've so, been doing it for a while the the problem is it didn't it just didn't feel like an ending because it just kind of ended but we'll get to that in a bit uh when you get to the actual show starts off it kicked off with the ta SmackDown Tag Championship match, New Day defending against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro in a tables match. And I, I don't remember if this was announced beforehand as a tables match. Yeah, it was done on but, SmackDown. Oh, uh, that's right, because I don't get to watch SmackDown live anymore. We've talked well, about that. You should listen to my review on it. 
Uh, it was also a little late, but it was technically before Extreme Rules. So if you would have listened to your own podcast where I'm doing my North Report, maybe you would have known. Huh? Maybe I was busy editing it and I kind of skim through things sometimes. No, actually, not so. I mean, what was that? What's, I don't know. Let's go move on. Okay, uh, Kofi Kingston. Uh, this was a decent match. Yeah, it was good. It actually surprised me at the end. Um, I had picked New Day to win because I really didn't expect them to take the titles off and put them on Cesaro and Nakamura. But that's what they did. They had uh, Cesaro drive Kingston through a stack of tables. Yeah, pretty good spot too. Um, I'm happy with it. I believe on my wrestling pool I picked uh, Nakamura and Cesaro. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, does it really matter though? Like... New Day wasn't doing much with it. They don't really need it. There's no fans there. You haven't been doing anything with the tag team championships with the New Day having them. Honestly, the tag team chat titles have been irrelevant since Miz and Morrison had them. Uh, after, like, they've well, been only been after since they The had problem them. is, aside from uh, the New Day and Cesaro and Nakamura, who do they have as, as tag challengers? Um, Sorry about that. Yeah, Miz and Morrison. You also have yeah, that's 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 a that's, good. That's pretty much it. Yeah, because um, you have the Usos, but Jimmy Usos hurt, so no Usos. Um, the other tag Forgotten team that they Sons. were building up was Forgotten Sons, but um, Jackson Riker kind of um, got himself in hot water on Twitter, and they're they're not going to be appearing for a while. So. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I don't think yeah. Who, who else do they have? So that I, that kind of played in why I thought they were just going to keep it on New Day is because New Day being the champions, at least they can come out and do wacky hijinks and and keep it around. Because um, I mean, who else are they going to have? New Day. This is uh, Cesaro and Nakamura have a rematch against New Day, and then they have a New Day rematch against uh, Cesaro and Nakamura. I mean, I'm sure they're going to add the Miz and Morrison back onto there. Um, I feel like they should do the same thing with how they did the tag team titles uh, because that's only the SmackDown, right? You can't have them on both brands. I feel like you should make the tag team titles or all championships for that matter alternate or maybe just well, the tag team does alternate on each brand because holy hell, uh, there's not enough tag teams on SmackDown and at least on Raw, they have a few more than SmackDown. Well, yeah, I mean, in the end, uh, there's rumors that they're talking about getting rid of the brand split and um if they do they're probably gonna do have to do uh unification belt you know matches because i do think in the case of the tag titles it almost would make more sense just to have one set of tag champions across both shows like you have for the women's like for the women yeah yeah you know so um well no wait isn't yeah, there's only one tag team women's champion. Yeah, exactly. Like for the women's, I don't get why you just don't do that for the tag team titles. And honestly, with the whole pandemic situation, <laughs> it would just make sense to just unify the brands for now, because um, you're seeing the same stuff over and over on mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown. You're seeing MVP start off the show, McIntyre come out, Seth Rollins talking about Rey Mysterio, um, Alistair Black randomly coming out and getting a spot in, and then we have. Uh, Bailey and Banks coming out and doing something and randomly we see Nikki Cross on comp. Yeah. Well, know, I mean, like... in the end, they had the brand split partially because they could have separate creative visions for it, but now that the creative <laughs> is all the same, anyways. Right. 
might as well just do it. Um, I'm a believer in the brand split if you do it right, but they haven't been doing it right for a few years now, and so. Well, and there's that, and I I, I will give WWE uh, their due here. It pandemic has something to do with it because you don't have full use of a lot of your wrestlers. Some wrestlers don't want to come in, you know, uh, throughout everything that's going on. So you're also missing a lot of wrestlers. So I think for now, just make the brand split not a thing. Make or you know maybe not make it a thing so you can just use your wrestlers wherever you want but ultimately have those designated wrestlers still on those same shows to kind of just make things afloat and get everyone to have tv time because you got to switch something up man you're seeing the same thing over and over and over again on raw or smackdown speaking of uh wrestlers that are not available or not coming in right now have you did you see the picture uh roman reigns tweeted out of his workout yeah, the guy looks built. The Rock Dude. is was even impressed. Yeah, Roman Reigns looks jacked. Yeah, uh, well, all he's doing is working out. Like it's not yeah. doing that. So, I mean, quite frankly, uh, for a long time, I've kind of wondered with Roman Reigns why why he always comes out and he wears the vest, and I, I've always joked that it's because he's he's flabby underneath it, and and so he wears the vest to cover up that he's. But um, seeing this picture of him now, man, dude, when you come back, don't wear the vest. Or don't be the shield anymore. Get get rid of that entire uniform. I don't want to see you in that shield get up anymore. I want to see a different kind of Roman. It's perfect time to re-identify yourself and redesign yourself to something different. Get rid of the vest because, dude, you're freaking jacked. And the cargo pants. Don't do it. Don't do these police cargo pants. I want to see a new Roman. Give me what I want. The the only reason I uh, don't want to push for him to get rid of the cargo pants is um, because I don't want to see him wrestling in shorts. And <laughs> and and it's not that not that I don't. I I think I don't like the brief style shorts on almost any. They look silly. I, I prefer leggings. I prefer, you know, when Jericho switched from the leggings to the shorts, I thought he looked silly. And I know for a fact that Roman Reigns, that Vince would say, well, if you're not going to uh, wear the cargo pants, put on these briefs. And and I just think it looks silly. So, mm. but that's me. Well, they'll figure something out. I mean, look at Lashley. Lashley wasn't, Lashley looked so much better with his little, uh, yeah. Uh, um, cargo, not cargo pants, but his tights kind of thing. He looks yes. more. He looks better. way better with the, with the tights than he did with the uh, the shorts that he wore for so long. That's it. Yeah. So Anyways. we'll see. Yeah. But that's beside the point. We will move on. So yeah, uh, new tag champions for the SmackDown. Woo-hoo. I guess I I really wish that when they threw together team like Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura that they would just take a little bit of time and come up with a team entry entrance music. Because I hate it when they play one person's song and then that person just kind of stands there looking like an idiot while they wait to play the other person's song. And I'm waiting for them to mix it because I feel like with Cesaro's theme, there's an easy way to mix it into Shinsuke's you know, like... I think they could. I, I think they should or something. I just hate it when they because they still do it with uh, they did it for a long time with the Kabuki Warriors. They still do it for Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross when they tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still do it for Sasha Banks and and Bailey. 
And I'm like, you guys are the tag champions. I'm fine with you using your solo music when you come out for a solo match, but when you're coming out for a tag match, be a team and have and a team. It, it, they tend to do that though once they have, um, once they have, once they're a tag team, like once they got the titles, because the bar was the same thing. You would get. Cesaro and then Sheamus come out or whatever Sheamus and then Cesaro come out then when they finally got the titles it was kind of infused together so maybe that's what they were waiting for to dish out because I'm sure they've made something like you're not going to wait last minute now just to infuse yeah but at the same point again Bailey and Sasha still come out to their individual musics and they've been tag champs for what two months now this is true yeah imagine if there was music that they could just like like express that they're the best friends with yeah just something that talks about best friends like best friends best friends anyway Wait, different uh, different promotions sorry speaking right. of a best friend uh the next match was the smackdown women's championship match nikki cross versus bailey before we got to the match there was kind of an interesting little backstage segment that had Asuka and Kyrie Sane and Alexa Bliss trying to hype Nikki Cross up for this match. That ended with, it was, it was so great because they're like, you will win and you will be champion. And then Kyrie Sane at the end said, but even if you don't win, we'll still be best friends. And Asuka kind of looked at her like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> no, I like that. I thought it was hilarious. Like, we're not going to still be friends with them if they don't win. Come on, man. Um, this match, this uh, DFA and I were kind of talking about this, and I think they messed up the way to end this match in Absolutely. a lot of different ways. Um, a, I think this was a perfect opportunity for them to put the belt on Nikki Cross, which, spoiler alert, they did not. Mm. Um, secondly, I think if they wanted to end it the way that they ended it, they had a better way to do it because they were at a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. This was one of the matches of the night that had no extreme rule, had no stipulations. Stipulations, yeah. Um, and in the end, the ending finish uh, happened with uh, the referee was distracted. Uh, Sasha Banks slid Bailey her boss knuckle ring. Bailey then uh, punched Nikki Cross in the gut with it, and mm. then hit uh, Nikki Cross with her weird face plant move. Uh, to get the the win and retain. My point is they could have done that exact same storyline without the ref distraction. All they needed to do is announce this match as a no DQ match because, again, they're at a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. I don't know why there were matches on this card that didn't have some sort of stipulation because the whole point of your pay-per-view is that this is Extreme Rules. Yeah, and they... I've been doing that for a while, though, because originally this was One Night Stand, right? And in 2009, they switched it to Extreme Rules. So it was originally based off ECW's pay-per-view, and so they just named it their own little thing. Um, I don't know. But one thing they also messed up on, too, because I think it was an edit that was wrong or something, or the camera zoomed in for no reason, and it made me think that they were going to do it another way, because you still saw the ring, the Sasha Banks ring, uh, whatever, in the ring on the mat. Mm-hmm. It happened, and I was like, "Oh, the referee's gonna see it, and he's gonna be like, no wait, this match is gonna continue.'" And then I would have been like, "That would have been perfect because then that's what would have got Bailey pissed off at Sasha 
or something. You know what I mean? And then make Nikki Cross win that way or something. And then Bailey loses the title and she gets pissed off at Sasha. And then that's what would have maybe have led to have something else for later on, where that's going to continue the feud between Sasha and Bailey for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Well, believe it or not, that was kind of our thoughts too. Mm. Uh, was so to have that- Nikki win and Bailey lose, and then you could have, or I'm sorry, yeah, Bailey lose and Sasha win, and Bailey's now pissed because she doesn't get to be Bailey dose straps. Yes. Yeah, yeah, could have done it either way. So Bailey can't be dose straps, but at the same time, maybe uh, Banks would have lost because Bailey would have been already so jealous of her getting that opportunity to be dose straps that she would make her best friend lose so that she doesn't have to be the person with the one belt like Sasha was for her. That's making yeah. a whole jealousy angle, you know? Like, yeah. God There's damn a lot it. of ways they could have done with it. They just <laughs> didn't. Absolutely, so. they did not. But like I said, I mean, the big thing that just made me angry is why have this match end in, in shenanigans like this when you could have had it end exactly the same way and not had the ref distraction and just called this an Extreme Rules match, you know, an ODQ match, because it's at Extreme Rules. Oh. Um, so, but anyways, I think it is what it is. It wasn't a bad match. I, I'm angry because I do think it's time they give Nikki Cross a belt. Some attention. <laughs> Some yeah. attention. Um, because right now, no matter what they do, until she wins a belt, she's still going to be Alexa Bliss's sidekick friend. You know what I mean? Because Alexa Bliss is the champion, out of, and she's not currently champion, but she's been champion multiple times, and Nikki Cross has never held singles gold. And so she's always going to seem like second to Alexa Bliss until she's got some singles gold behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on, we had the previously announced Apollo Crews versus MVP match, or did we? <laughs> so from what we were reported, or I guess what you have mentioned to me earlier, essentially this match did not happen because Apollo Crews according to WWE, wasn't physically ready or medically cleared for the matchup. Yeah, they they claimed that he failed his pre-match physical. And so MVP comes out. He says, well, Apollo Crews isn't here, so that means that I win by default. He runs and go gets his title. Uh, Because that's technically his title, right? So the other US championship is not a thing anymore. Well, th- that was kind of the storyline they were pitching with this, is that um, you know, Apollo Crews has the U.S. title, and then MVP made this new U.S. title, and it was going to be, I guess, essentially the match was going to be to unify it, who was the real title, the real champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but reports I'm hearing online are, and this makes a ton of sense, because we haven't seen Apollo Crews in weeks, right? <laughs> that apparently Apollo Crews actually uh, is at home because he uh, tested positive for COVID, and he was supposed, they were supposed to do originally Apollo Crews unveiling the new United States Championship belt, and then when he failed uh, the COVID test, they switched it to MVP debuting the new United States Championship belt, 
which then was going to set it up as a unification match for Extreme Rules, but then Apollo Crews couldn't get cleared in time. But WWE's not admitting that, so we don't know for certain, I guess. But we we know for, so we don't necessarily, so there have been reports that that was legit reported. It's not by like a, you know, a Ryan Satin or Meltzer has reported that Cruz was one of the people that got the COVID. Um, I'm trying to find the tweet that I was reading before. Because um, this essentially be happened when Renee Young got it then? Um, yeah, it would have been about that same time, which remember, that was the same time that they had like uh, reportedly a dozen or more people. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it could have been the same time. It could have been one of them there, but I'm trying to see. Da, da, da. So find that tweet. I'll find it. But we'll keep talking. So yeah. So uh, according to this, um, Apollo Cruz um, was unable to defend. So MVP declared himself the winner and the new United States champion. Maybe he is. I at best this is a stopgap to put it off until Apollo Cruz can come back and challenge and say no, I'm the real United States champion, and you got to beat me to find out. You know, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So they're waiting, I guess, to see what happens with uh, the whole COVID when he can't come back. Oh God! So that means we're just gonna see the same bull crap on Raw. Oh, MVP is amazing, but man, I just can't stand when it's the same thing over and over and over again. You know who you can use? You can bring Alexander and Ricochet to SmackDown and let them do something there because I am sick and tired of Bobby Lashley just beating up on two and giving him the full Nelson every freaking week. And especially when you piss me off even more by having a best of WWE with Ricochet. Okay, and then you show me all these ricochet matches. Fun fact, majority of them are in NXT and, you know, just really grinds my gears, guys. Just stop this or you know what? Prove me wrong and give Ricochet the United States Championship uh, tomorrow on Raw and make him face uh, uh, make him face Apollo Crews when he comes back. Then I will be happy. But they're not going to. You know, what really grinds my gears the fact that we're still talking about a match that didn't actually happen to be a match. <laughs> when we when if we want to bash something, the next one is the one to bash. True. Well, there's there's plenty of uh, bashing to go around here. So I I just wish if it is COVID nineteen, I couldn't find the tweet, and so I don't know who reported. It. That's just what I was hearing. But if it is COVID nineteen that kept Apollo Cruz off TV, then just say it. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's we've had what what are we up to now? Like three million Americans diagnosed with it. It's it's not like it's rare. You know. It's not like you're yeah, saying got I mean, cancer. like if you count ex-wives that say that they have it or that they had it when there's never been a test, like yeah. there's, there's even more. I feel like yeah. they were just that AEW was going to use that against them and uh, Taz was going to pull another shoot promo on them or something. <laughs> we're not sloppy like the WWE is. Da, 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 da. We are more extreme, but our wrestlers get tested like I could. I would have loved to have seen that. Like, you should have just said it, and we would have got a great Taz promo. But no. That away so from let's us. talk about like, some channel lock flyers. Yeah, so we will move on to the next match, which was the eye for an eye match 
with Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio that started off with Seth Rollins walking to the ring with a pair of channel lock pliers. And I... I feel like that's a really inefficient way to remove an eyeball. I've watched enough kung fu movies to know you can just pluck it out with... I mean, you've seen Kill Bill. They just go... And then it's out. That's <laughs> the end of it. Yeah. With that takes fingers. a lot of skill. Okay. <laughs> but or, I, or even you, a knife would have been more useful. A knife or a, a screwdriver? A shoehorn. A shoehorn actually would have worked better in this instance. <laughs> well, a lot of channel lock players, all you're going to do is squish it. Those are about <laughs> squeezing, not about. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you... this, we knew this was going to be an absolute shit show. From oh, the- absolutely. From the moment they announced them. My speculation is, and this is entirely speculation, I don't have any insider news or whatever. I've just heard reports that Rey Mysterio was working on a per match deal that he's no longer under contract. And and it's no secret that he's been wanting to establish Dominic as as a potential wrestler and that WWE is giving Dominic some looks. Um my speculation is that this was entirely put together as a way to write Rey Mysterio off TV potentially forever because he may not ever sign another deal with WWE and go off to wrestle in AAA and New Japan and maybe even AEW, you know. Well, and um, what a what a wonderful way to get uh, get a future wrestler who has two wrestling dads in however what a horrible match to retire one of the 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 only still alive wrestling dad mm-hmm. well i mean keep in mind this is the same company that had randy orton break matt hardy's neck on his last match so that then you know when he showed up on aew perfectly healthy and everything it made no sense um <laughs> but that's wwe we're gonna that that place doesn't actually exist yeah. Oh, okay. But so, so um, so, long story short, like wrestling is two cinematic universes. Yeah, just pretend like the other one doesn't exist. You're good. Um, now so I will give short. Ray props for the tool toolbox under the ring. Um, yeah. There were the entertaining use of rebar, <laughs> even though the rebar was never used. The use of rebar was really kind of cool. There were interesting parts to this. There were fun things. I I liked that he pulled a table out from under the ring and you thought, what is a table going to do? But then he pulled it out farther and there was a toolbox on it. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, so you just hit a toolbox out there. That's great. Um, But spoiler alert, Seth Rollins wins by somehow or another... Yeah, somehow or another he drove Mysterio's face into the steps and it pulled the eyeball out. Well, and interestingly enough, it pulled the one out that's covered by an eye patch. Mm-hmm. He took off for some stupid reason. <laughs> like, he took off his eye patch, like, oh, I'm good now, I'm gonna... That's like... how you get to the blood packet, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's even more than a blood packet. They're actually, if you... Uh, I someone posted a zoomed in photo, so I didn't do it myself, but I've seen it. You can actually see Ray Mysterio is holding in his hand up to his face a fake eyeball. Oh, why? Yeah, oh, wow. n- fake nerve attached to it, so it looks like it's hanging out. Um, but they, you Which, know, if they really go that far, they should have just let it hang out and been like all all horror show on it. Yeah, you know? I, it would have almost been like a horror show at Extreme yeah. Rules. Yeah. I guess. Um, uh, was this match, I mean, the match was good. The 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 stipulation was garbage. Um, 
truthfully, I mean, you have two wrestlers that it's difficult to put on a bad match with, but by God, Vince found a stipulation to <laughs> at least make you disgusted by the end of it. I so did enjoy that Seth vomited. I did enjoy Rey Mysterio hitting Seth with the stomp at one point. Yes, that was cool. Shortly after he hit him with the five star fr- frog splash. Mm-hmm. Not five star. Sorry, just the frog splash. I don't. Five stars only come from uh, from RVD. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the um, the Hurricane Rana to a power bomb. That was a that was a great move. Power yeah. bomb into the barricade. That's towards the end. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure what storyline they're trying to tell with Seth Rollins being so disgusted by doing what he said he was going to do that he vomited. Um, like I feel the, like. Ew, gross. Bloody eyeball knocked out. And I felt like it was a little bit delayed because when he initially stopped uh, touching Rey Mysterio... Oh, it sounds wrong. When he initially stopped pressing Rey Mysterio's head uh, into the stairs, uh, it's like he left and then he was about to go back and then the referee was looking and then he stopped it and then Seth puked like maybe three minutes later. And I was like... Why was there a delay on you knowing if you did your job or not by taking his eye out? And then why did you only puke later on as well if it was so disgusting? Yeah. Here's another question. If you're the referee, if this is, fortunately we know it's all kayfabe, but if this is real life, if you're the referee whose job is actually to verify an eyeball has been ejected from the socket, Mm -hmm. do you decline that job? Oh, if you want to, if you want to get fired, you decline that job. But it's ultimately your job to uh, referee a match, and in this case, it was to wrestle an eye for an eye match, which is probably the easiest job in the world. I just uh, Bailey tweeted out an hour ago. I e y e. I hope Rey Mysterio is okay. <laughs> her promo was awesome afterwards uh, after her match too. Her villain uh, work is getting better. It really is. It really is. She's like, I hope Ray doesn't have double vision, but if he is, it's just because he sees I have both belts. I was like, yes. Jeez. <laughs> but so, yeah. So, Monday Night so, Messiah yeah. won. Anyway. Yay. Yep. Um, I extracting an I just, it's a, it's a match style I hope that we never see again. The first ever eye for an eye match. I hope it's the last ever. I hope we <laughs> never see this again. And at least in the eye situation, technically through a zoomed picture on social media. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, we get to see anything. And then a whole bunch of people posted it. And I was like, oh, that's where it's out. I'm like, yeah. it looks fake. But it still technically looks better than AJ Styles' hand in the Boneyard match. Mm-hmm. But my point is, if you're going to go so far as to have a fake eye make it so he can put it in so it looks like it's actually hanging out of his mask or at least have it sh- hang out through his fingers or something like especially you know I mean? while they have that patch there that they could do that with mm-hmm. anyway i'm re-watching it right now i miss i missed the part where set like literally i'm watching this match right as we're speaking um i missed the part where seth tried to tie um uh ray Remus, to the, the rope um and Seth needs lessons in not tying. <laughs> that's that's really horrible. Anyway, but, but the rest of this match is too. Ironically, so move that's forward. what Becky also told him. Didn't. No. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Okay. Next match. I'm gonna. I'm jumping it just in case. 
Raw Women's Championship match, Asuka versus Sasha Banks, the other half of the storyline that we were talking earlier. Um, and and this one also ended weird. Yep. <laughs> it did. It started weird. Kyrie's umbrella guitar. Yes, I jumped to it, but she's not to that yet. Kyrie's <laughs> umbrella guitar thing. I was like, what the hell is going on? Sorry, I just had to I, put that note in. It was noticeable enough that I was like, this is uh, this could be a predecessor to how bad this match might end up being. I 100% think Kyrie does, does not have any Fs to give right now. Yeah. Because yeah, her contract is almost up, and all reports have it that she's planning on going back to Japan. And she's like, ah, I'll do whatever the heck I want. They can't that's, stop me. I'll, I'll play the umbrella guitar. Yeah. That's what'll happen. Um, I mean, <laughs> there's a point here where Oscar looks at her like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we have them both. We have we have uh, Kyrie and Bailey at ringside. Bailey's promo right before this was really good when she's all sweaty and we're like, "Yeah, we're gonna be the double champs." And yeah, all that stuff. Um, and then we get the match and we get a little back and forth and. Uh, um, in all eventuality have we actually mentioned this on the recording i know we talked about it off the recording how this ends we have not talked about the ending yet for this so this anything you want to talk about before we get to the ending jlb smarks i mean this was a decent match Mm. it really was the ending is where this is the schmoz finish yeah so um again this was another no stipulations match um, on a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. No stipulations for it. But in the end, Asuka attempted to do the green mist on Sasha Banks and missed Sasha Banks and hit the official. Correct. So the official well, now is blinded. Banks technically moved out of the way. Whatever. Missed. Yeah, um, she, she missed. Asuka missed. missed the mist. Yes, the uh-huh. mist missed the, the target. Oh, picking up the Miz. <laughs> but okay, uh, so while the uh, referee couldn't see anything, Bailey jumped in and El Kabonged Asuka with the belt. I can't remember which title it was. Probably the SmackDown title. But anyways. Um, and then Sasha Banks goes to pin Asuka and Bailey pulls the shirt off the referee who apparently being blinded by the mist means he can't even defend himself and keep his shirt on. I guess. Um, Puts the referee's shirt on, counts the pin, one, two, three, and then goes over and demands they ring the bell and and say that Sasha Banks is the champion. So weird. So... It's shenanigans. Sasha won? And the shenanigans turns into a storyline tomorrow. Yeah, I'm I'm like 100% sure that on Raw tomorrow they have may, maybe an authority figure like a a Stephanie McMahon or Triple H or Vince even come out and announce Vicky Guerrero. It's not every Vicky Guerrero, that's for sure. She's, uh, she's managing other big things at the moment. She she is probably never going to be back in a WWE. Never? Show. You mean like? Ever, ever, <laughs> ever, Un- unless unless AEW um, folds and WWE buys them, yeah, and then well, Vince will be Betty. Which yeah, there will be no excuses for that. No, 
Excuse me. Excuse me. Anyways, so I, I'm I'm almost certain an authority figure is going to come out and say the ending isn't valid. And so either they're just going to put the belt back on Asuka or they're going to say it's vacated. And now we're going to have a match to determine which which that ending, that storyline would make sense from the standpoint of storyline wise. Asuka was never supposed to be champion, right? Uh, she was supposed to challenge Becky for championship and probably have Becky win again. Um, but then Becky... Uh, found out she was pregnant, or at least announced she was pregnant. She might have found out beforehand. Who knows? Um, and so they pivoted to making Asuka the champion. But Asuka didn't mm-hmm. actually win the championship. She took the test that right. Monday, two yeah. minutes before Raw. <laughs> yeah, so right then. She's like, oh, it looks like I found out we're pivoting. Uh, give the title to Asuka. <laughs> uh, you know what I think, though? In that regard, so I like that idea. And I feel like it's not going to be a whole blame game. Oh, the Bailey's going to blame Sasha. I think it's going to literally quite uh, literally be Sasha, Asuka, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why that's why I think vacating. I think it's not going to be that Asuka is complaining. I think it's going to be an authority figure comes out and says this is that wasn't a valid victory we're vacating the belt we're gonna have a tournament or something like that to no don't do it please god not another tournament swear to god um and then the winner of the tournament will face sasha banks at SummerSlam or whatever i don't know i i'm just speculating but that's just what i expect to happen um like I said, this was a good match with a crappy finish. Yeah, I mean, the the back and forth are really good in this match. Um, you, you have the Asuka lock applied in the middle of the ring, and Sasha slides over. This is towards the end. Slides over, gets her foot on the rope. Um, you have... Uh, you, didn't Asuka get out of the bank statement at one point? I thought she uh, did at one point. I can't remember. Yeah, right before, the, right before the finish, because they were in the middle of the ring for that, too. Mm-hmm. Um so you have that. You have, uh, I mean, there's just a, a lot of the, the backstabber get hit and missed. Everybody sells everybody else's moves. There is nothing that even is remotely not sold on this or poorly sold. Everything is well sold on this match. Like, if Dolph and, and Drew, which is coming up, isn't as good a match as it is, Matt, this is solidly the match of the night. And it was the best match we'd seen to this point in the night. Up and by far. Match. Yeah. Up until the finish, yes. But Ray and uh, Ray and uh, um, yeah, Seth was a good match up until the finish, and we knew it was going to suck at the finish. Like it was hard watching that match, the prior one, knowing that the way that this match is going to be won is somebody sort of gets an eye removed. Well, that's the deal. We even said it before that match. There was no good ending to that match. No. I mean, Um, close. It was a, it was a dumb stipulation and a dumb idea, but, and this ending to the Sasha Oscar match was dumb. There were better ways they could have done it if they wanted it to be a schmoz ending where, yeah, you know, um, but I guess whatever. Well, uh, I mean, it's extreme on. rules. Like you can do a schmoz and have it be legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call it a, a no DQ match. Just. Yeah, I mean that—that's the other. Yeah. It'd be a no DQ match, and then when Oscar looks like she's about to win, Bailey just hops in and still kabongs her with the belt, and then Sasha gets the victory, and then you can still have Oscar 
you know, uh, look good because she didn't get beat cleanly. Uh, okay. She can eventually. You can even her. have the mist spray into the ref's eyes. You can have, mm-hmm. you can have tomorrow night say did- you didn't actually win because Bailey did the count. Mm-hmm. If that's or what they do tomorrow. Another, night. Like you could have just had another ref come out too at the same yeah. time. Yeah, if you have another ref come out, it doesn't open up what I what we think their storyline is tomorrow night. Well, yeah, but I think their storyline is dumb. So I think the the better option would have been to have Sasha. You know, it still effectively end the same way, but with a real ref count. But because Bailey interfered and hit her with the belt, Oscar still looks strong because she didn't lose cleanly. Um, yeah. and then. And then Banks can be the champion, and then Asuka can work her way back up to number one contender, and you can have a rematch at SummerSlam, SummerSlam. that doesn't yeah. have an extreme tag to it. Yeah. In fact, you can have a, a, a Banks win and lose immediately on her next defense the mm-hmm. next night yeah. against Asuka. Don't you dare. I mean, that's no, the routine, they right? They would never do that. No. done it. I, I see the sarcasm here, but they're only one finger away from completing the whole hand of it mm-hmm. for Banks. So, and and this is why I feel that this entire pay per view, at least for the ending of everything, was rushed. Like they didn't know what they were doing. The storyline building was fine, but ultimately the ending of the matches, I feel, were just up in the air, last minute, and that's why just everything seems so unorganized and silly. Well, you can tell a, a boatload of of this entire pay per view went into something we'll talk about after we talk about the next thing we talk about. Yes, Two after the next now. thing, we will talk about something else. Yes. <laughs> We'll move into That's, the next that thing. Makes, that made sense. You stop it. <laughs> we will move on to the next thing, which is Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship versus Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. I just created his Impact Wrestling debut name. What is Dolph Ziggler doing in Impact Zone? <laughs> um, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. There's a, there's a stipulation on this that Dolph Ziggler had not announced prior to this. He was keeping it a secret. And I am going to go on the record right now. I've already talked to DFA about it. I Love like this. this. I like yeah. this a lot. I've always are had a problem. To, are we legally allowed to do the audio of that? Because I could totally crank up the TV and uh, play I the audio know. from I'm, him doing I'm going to err on the side of caution. Caution. All right. We won't do it. Um, but uh, but we've talked about it before. It always bugs me when it's, it's a heel person who gets to set, set a stipulation, and then they choose a stipulation that that doesn't benefit them for whatever reason. It bugs me so much. Like, Ziggler did- but Ziggler didn't do that. Ziggler set it up. He, he was a heel person who was able to set the stipulation up to stack the deck in his favor, which I think to me made this match so much better. So Dolph Ziggler announced that the stipulation was, this was an extreme rules match for him. But for Drew McIntyre, it was a standard match, which meant Dolph Ziggler could do pretty much anything. Uh, But Drew McIntyre had to wrestle a normal match in the ring. Even more than that, if it was a countout, the title would change hands. If Drew McIntyre got disqualified, the title would change hands. The only way Drew McIntyre could win was with a pinfall or submission inside the ring. 
and he would retain. Any other way, Dolph Ziggler would get the belt. And that's perfect for a heel to snivelingly snive, you know, get it all set up where I have the deck stacked against, uh, in my favor against you. Uh, there's uh, so many ways I can win and only one way you can win. Absolutely. I think this was perfect. The match was great. It featured, you know, Drew McIntyre always trying to keep it in the ring, trying to make it back to the ring uh, when there was a, a a 10 count, you know. He, a couple times he barely made it in at nine, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dolph setting up table after table after table outside knowing that if drew threw him through a table then he'd be the champion because drew would get disqualified and the title would change hands or if uh drew got counted out so he'd hit him with a major move on the outside and hope he gets counted out drew you know dolph ziggler didn't have to rush back in he didn't couldn't get counted out in any way shape or form but drew mcintyre had to um, there were so many good moves. Famouser off off of the table to leave him. Uh, Drew McIntyre waiting on the outside. Maybe he doesn't make it. In. Oh, he gets back in. Uh, chair to the knee inside of the ring that was just a half fall. Uh, well, big, that went straight so, into a uh, big was elbow. That another famouser he did after that. No, he did another one of his finishers after that. Right yeah. after the chair to the knee. Didn't really matter, but and I think it was so, this exact. <laughs> The only problem I have now, this match storyline wise was amazing. Uh, the story was really built well. I just feel like maybe they should have done the opposite in terms of how the match went because Ziggler got the bulk of the beatings, whereas you should have at least have had Ziggler do the chair shots and up. Like he they, he did do that, but a little bit more because it still yeah. seems like McIntyre was a bit too strong for that kind of match. Where great, I get it. He's the champion. You're supposed to make him look big, but it ultimately made. Ziggler look horrible I feel that's my only issue maybe have Ziggler hit McIntyre with a bunch of I don't know man like I felt like Ziggler was in control for so much of this and and it seemed like desperation to get back into the ring um, obviously uh, uh, McIntyre the way I felt through this match and and yours is different but McIntyre leads off really strong Ziggler finds that window because the rules are in his favor. Um, lots of beatings by Ziggler. McIntyre does a little overcoming here, a little overcoming there, a little overcoming here. But at the end of the day, the, the stipulations are helping Ziggler. And McIntyre got lucky and caught him with a claymore during a super kick from Ziggler. Wait, so, wait, Andrew. Oh, he was about to do his sweet chin. And then Claymore Country, here we go. Really, I like that finish. I just, at the same time, though, McIntyre had more control over the entire match. Ziggler had spots, the table, uh, the zigzag, the famouser, uh, the hitting with the chairs to the back. But ultimately, after that, it was all McIntyre. Well, my thoughts are the this, the the only problem I had with this match was the temper tantrum at the end. Um, I didn't think if, if Ziggler, any logical person who has that type of advantage in a match, is no longer worrying about a temper tantrum at the end. They're worried solely, and I mean solely, about um, 
finding more things to beat that man with. That's that's kind of my take on this. Is is Dolph Ziggler went into this? For the count out. I would have just gone for a count out. Just hit him with chairs so many times that it's, it becomes a last man standing. Yeah. Effect, and that, that's kind of my thoughts. Is that Dolph Ziggler knew the entire time in this match that that Drew McIntyre was going to outpower him was was going to be able to win with any single move the glasgow kiss or the uh claymore and so that's why he stacked the deck so much in his favor he knew that that from a power standpoint from a uh, explosiveness standpoint he didn't stand a chance and that's why he had to stack the deck so much in his favor um and so that's why i don't i don't mind the concept of drew mcintyre having more offense at times in this because that's the story they were telling him is that Dolph Ziggler knew that that's why he had to stack so many things in his favor because he was outskilled, outsized, outmuscled on this. Yeah, theoretically, all he really had to do was upset uh, uh, McIntyre enough that he'd chase him for more than 10 seconds. Yeah. Chase, and- him, chase him for five seconds away from the ring. And and that's the deal. There there were times that he did basically that. You know, so much of the match was about uh, how can I how can I keep Dolph or keep Drew McIntyre out of the ring. I mean, he did that uh, through the table, top rope, elbow drop to the outside. The whole point of that was I'm going to put my body on the line. I am going to destroy myself. If I can't get up, it doesn't matter. I don't get counted yeah. out. To try right. to keep you out for the 10, because it doesn't matter. I, I can be out forever, right? If if this destroys me and I don't ever stand up from this, I'm still the champion uh, as long as it right. keeps you out for 10. Yeah. So that's yeah. right. I didn't right. hate any part of this, this storyline. This was my favorite match of the night. Yeah, by far. Yep. Match of the night for sure. I agree. Uh, and it was a good match. Like, like the wrestling was good. The the spots were good. The for a big as many big man spots as they had, they they looked legit. Um, it was just a good overall match. The suplex that was gonna go through the table and then uh, I better not and turns around and does it to the floor. Like, yeah, that's well, great. that's the deal. because because he knew if I do the suplex through the table, I lose. But he was smart enough to catch that. But that was Dolph Ziggler trying to bait him into it. Set up this table over here and try to bait Drew McIntyre into throwing me through that table, at which point I win. Everything Dolph Ziggler did was all about trying to give Drew McIntyre a chance to mess up and him win. Yep. Uh, Yep. So I loved it. I loved every second of this match. My favorite match of the night. For sure. And now we've we'll known for on. a long time that Dolph, Dolph's a developmental talent, unfortunately, even though he's world champion caliber. Mm-hmm. Well, he's definitely made it to the point where WWE sees him as, uh, for lack of a better term, a gateway. You know, you, yes. you've set someone up to beat Dolph Ziggler to allow them to then be in the main event. Yes. Um, I mean, for a long card, time, he out of the main card. Yeah, for for a long time he was even the person that every NXT superstar had to come up and beat to establish themselves ah. on the road. Right, yeah, which sucked. But then finally, we will move on from that match to the main event. Hey, it was the final match of the night, but it didn't take place in the arena in any way, shape, or form. And it this will probably yeah, this will probably be the most polarizing segment of the entire night. I have been keeping my eyes on Twitter and Facebook 
And this was one of those, you either like this or you did not like it. I would call it the third best cinematic match we've had. I enjoyed it, but yeah, uh, it was good. Like I say, is I going through results on Twitter and everything? It's just like people are like, "I hated this. I'm glad I didn't, you know, pay actual money for this." Or so even the threats of canceling the network account and all of this stuff. Or people saying this match was awesome. I loved it. So. Yeah. I would say the only downside to this match actually comes in in a very, very... The only downside to this segment comes in a very, very side note. Um, if you look at the Extreme Horror horror Show at Extreme Rules um, description, the first line of the description says, Braun Sherman defends his title against Bray Wyatt in a swamp match and it was I thought it was a non-title match and there was no way you could say that a title changed chance here no, it was a non-title no, match yeah it's a non-title match but they said defense his title yeah uh, well it, they said wrong because it, the, it was 100% a non-title match yeah because well, yeah, he you, got calm you can't have this be a title match no for sure it definitely wasn't though so, yeah, I'm going to go back really quickly to the Sasha versus Asuka match real quick because I just saw something on Twitter that reminded me of something I wanted to talk about on it. Um, there was a, a spot in the match where uh, I can't remember what exactly, a big move off the top. Both uh, Sasha and Asuka are down laying there. The ref is ke- you know checking on them. Um, and I think the camera was out of place um, and caught something that typically we don't see on actual TV. Um, and what it is, is while the ref is checking on them after this big move, I think it was like a superplex. Um, they're both laying there. But you actually can see on camera, Sasha squeeze Asuka's shoulder um, and Asuka really quickly reach up and kind of squeeze Sasha's head really quickly just just really quickly letting each other know i'm okay are you okay yes i'm okay um and that's something we don't normally see actually on screen they normally try to make the camera angles hide those little movements uh but i remembered noticing it during the match and uh, i wanted to talk about it and then forgot when we were on it but it was just kind of an interesting thing i bet you whoever was in charge of filming this and uh the truck probably got yelled at afterwards for letting that go on but it was actually kind of a nice moment because one of my favorite things with professional wrestling is yes this is all a show and a storyline and you know you can get riveted and get uh all into it but at the same point it these people are performing and they're they're caring for each other they're wanting to make sure that what they did did not hurt each other so it was a nice moment um, but I just know that they probably didn't want it actually shown on TV. I did I did see technically her touching Asuka's arm, and I just thought she didn't want to move it because she was acting like she was out. But that's very interesting that it was a whole squeeze situation because I felt like she was touching her, and I'm just like, okay, maybe she's just not moving because she's supposed to be out, and it'd be weird if she kind of just moved her hand. But okay, so that was just a mess up on the camera guy's part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, that happens a lot where the ref comes down and you see the yes 
you yeah. Know? Well, normally, like the ref after big moves, you'll watch it, if you know it's happening. The ref will grab the person's hand and squeeze it really quickly, and you know, wait for the squeeze back to make sure that everyone's okay. I mean, that if you've watched wrestling long enough, you're familiar with those things. The ref's job is to make sure everyone's okay after each match, after each big move, sort of a thing. Yeah. But yep. seeing seeing the two performers do it to each other, you know just subtly was really kind of neat but like i said i bet you the cameraman was uh not appreciated for that afterwards but okay and in the video that you just sent us though it didn't happen exactly like that on tv though they they edited two different parts together no because i don't remember seeing it like that that that's that's well okay the video that i showed the person zoomed in uh, on it, but it it was all one shot. Okay, oh, okay, 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 fair enough. So I thought was... like camera guy did it that way. I'm like, no way, I missed. <laughs> no, it was all one shot. It was just they they zoomed in on this to show a little bit that hey, this here you can see Oscar doing this um, to do it. The the Sasha squeezing, and I mean it was all on one screen. Right, yeah, yeah, okay, just making sure. <laughs> so so when you watch here on it, they zoomed in to show it on the thing, but then the first you can see both of them happening all on the wide shot. Um, and then they go back in and they do close-up shots that that's were added afterwards. Okay. But if you watch on the wide shot, you can see both of them happening on the wide shot. And that's what you saw. But anyways, back to the Swamp Fight that was a non-title match. Um, this was a cinematic match and this took place outside and this was the main event but I don't remember the announcers making a big deal of the la- this being the last match of the night the main event whatever um, it just kind of yeah, like, as early as it was happening I thought we were going to get another match after it I was like mm-hmm. what else is there to do did I miss something I feel like everything's done well it was well and it also ended kind of weird too but I guess we'll get there so it started off, you had Bray Wyatt in the old Bray Wyatt, cult leader Bray Wyatt gimmick uh, in, a, in a rocking chair as Braun Strowman pulled up in his big old pickup truck and uh, Braun Strowman walks up and then all of a sudden Bray Wyatt disappears, but the rocking chair is still rocking. And as soon as that happened, you knew for a fact that this was going to be a weird thing, you know, because... Yep. Um, it, and it was. It was just 100% weird. Um, I, I, didn't, there, I, I didn't understand saying I'm home. Like, right away, I'm home. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess you're just going to join him. Oh, nope, nope, you have to take a butt kicking first. I think I think it was probably originally scripted to be more like a um, The Shining uh, daddy's home sort of a thing. Like, uh, not I'm back to join, but I'm I'm here, you know, I'm finally back here to kick your ass sort of thing. But, I mean, uh, there was a point that Braun Strowman hit Braun Strowman with a shovel, and then... That was fantastic. That's what I knew this was going to be a good match. Braun Strowman wakes up, and he's tied to a chair and being preached to by cult leader Bray Wyatt, and then... I mean, there's a point Braun Strowman gets bit by a snake. So who was the big dude that, that you did see his face? I think that was just Braun. It was Braun. No, like the, the other, the other, the one that, that uh, Braun lit on fire. Oh, uh, I don't, 
I mean, I just thought it was just some guy that they used, some maybe like performance guy. Well, I, you could tell that they were trying to, I guess maybe not, but I felt like they were trying to imply that um, a certain AEW wrestler was still part of the Wyatt family. Maybe. I don't know. It this this got weird and it was really hard to follow at times. To I mean, I, there there were times that I thought so. The guy in the tank top that you never did see the guy's face. I thought, man, that looks. They are trying to imply that that is uh, that is. Uh, oh my gosh, Luke Harper. Uh, Luke Harper, and I mean, they found a dude that looked kind of like Luke Harper, just not and never showed his face. Like I don't know. Maybe that's not what they were going for, but it sure felt like it. Yeah, I'll I'll have to rewatch to to see if I catch that the second time or not. Um, like I said, this was weird in lots of ways. Uh, it was weird because Sister Abigail showed up, but it was not Sister Abigail. It was Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that was awesome. Everyone was everyone was telling me, "Oh, Sister Abigail." I'm like, "No, no, it's not Sister Abigail." The con- announcers didn't say anything about it, and I just think it was Braun's imagination. Well, yeah, I think that 100% that's supposed to be all in Braun Strowman's head. Uh, Alexa Bliss is not Sister Abigail. I'm I'm 100% saying that. Positive. <laughs> Positive. That Alexa Bliss is not Sister Abigail. That this was supposed to be uh, Bray Wyatt messing with Braun Strowman's head. Because the whole thing was that uh, Alexa Bliss was saying, you know, but you want us to be together. If you join him, we can be together. Uh, and and it showed stuff from their their uh, flirtation uh, challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that they they are not saying that Sister Abigail is Alexa Bliss or or vice versa. I think it was just mind games. But it was weird. It was really weird. And frankly, um, I've said this before about Alexa Bliss. I like her better as a heel. So uh, if they wanted to go that way, I would not be 100% against it. Um, I mean, we said the whole the whole mixed match challenge, and afterwards they could have played for so much with her manipulating him to destroy people for her. Um, yeah, their their television chemistry was really good, anyways. So, but but and then at one point. Uh, Braun Strowman almost drowns in the swamp, and then uh, actually does drown in the swamp. Well, and, and then, and then Braun beats up Bray and throws him in a boat and pushes the boat away, and the boat disappears. And Braun thinks he's won, but then the boat comes back, and there's nothing in it. And then, and then out of the swamp, Bray Wyatt shows up and beats Braun Strowman with an oar for a while. And I mean, it was this was weird. Um, and then pulls Braun into the water and baptizes him. Yeah. And gets the mandible claw. And then in the end, it ends with the fiend being the one that emerges from the water. Mm, that was cool. And then laughs. And then it's done. The whole show's done. I do like how they did. Uh, basically, when you saw Braun put Wyatt on the first of all, bad editing when Braun originally took uh, Bray and whatever suplexed him or whatever he did with them. First of all, when he originally suplexed him, it didn't look like it was on a boat or on like an inflatable boat thing. It looked like it was a shelf 
from what I saw. And then they pan back, and then he's randomly on a boat, and then for some reason they're in water. I get it's in a swamp area, so maybe the water wasn't far, but like it was really weird editing in that regard, but I'm just nitpicking. It was all just kind of a weird uh, thing to begin with. It was a very Jason-y, Friday the 13th-esque horror movie style kind of deal. But, you know, it is what it is. And then, like I said, I think this is going to be the most polarizing. I think if you go to Facebook or Twitter and you search for results on this and you talk to your friends, they're either going to love this or hate this. I don't think you're going to find too many in the middle. I think I'm in the middle. Like, I I get it. I get what it is. I don't think it was as good as Cena's one, although it's very different from Cena's one. Um, it's just, I... I come to expect that I know I'm not going to see a match. I know I'm just going to see them try to be creative. So I'm not, I don't think I'll watch this one ever again. Maybe I'll watch it once more just to kind of see what I've missed. But it's not something I'm going to remember at all. Like, I don't hate it, but I didn't overly like it either. I'm just, I see what you did here. I see what you're trying to do. I appreciate Bray Wyatt's mind. That's it. But Like, hey, I'm just now scrolling through one of the uh, wrestling uh, Facebook groups that I'm on. And yeah, they are 100% not like either, like I said, either they liked it or they hated it. There's not many that are like, mm, it's there, okay. were some, there were some haters on the, on the Cena one. And that's the best segment of the year. Well, I, and, and look, it's, very weird right like it's a weird thing to have so those who legit like wrestling matches and even it's even weird for it just to be like a segment right because it's it's acting as if it's trying to be a movie but it's not as good quality as like your a-list horror movies it's almost like a b-movie rated film if you will you know so it's it's difficult because you're trying to get wrestling fans to like horror filming that's been heavily edited and but wrestling fans are usually noticed wrestling fans usually get horror films that have been perfectly edited with great camera angles with effects and all this so they're used to a certain type of style but you're showing them i don't know um I can't think of a B-rated horror film right now, but you're showing them basically, you know, a B-rated film that IMDb would give it like a three out of five, you know? So I don't think a lot of people will get it, at least wrestling fan-wise will get it, because those people are used to seeing in-ring stuff and not cheesy horror films uh, maybe that's not a great example but i don't know it's it's just because it's they're not hollywood production you know what i mean so when they're trying to do these kind of things it's very difficult to pull off with they have the budget but they, they probably don't have the manpower to do it either at this rate so seven hours is not enough to pull a hollywood 30 minute film which is what they essentially were trying to do mm-hmm. i uh I don't know how I feel about you referring to wrestling fans as those people. Yeah, seriously. We 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 are quite a unique bunch. We are those people. Those people. I was gonna say that's racist, spelled with a W. W R. Oh, that could be a T-shirt. <laughs> Not a good selling one, but it could no. be a T-shirt. Oh but Jesus! Yeah, let's, let's, let's move on. <laughs> that, that's racist. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. We could maybe get in a little bit of trouble for that, but but anyways, I so that, <laughs> that's how that ended, and I mean, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Like I said, I just kind of expect that's going to be the polarizing one where some people love it and some people just hate it. Um, overall, I didn't hate this pay-per-view. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Worst pay-per-view of the year for me. Okay, so you hate it. I don't it. know that I can give it worst, but um, I think the last two worst events... What's that? Worse than this. Uh, money, was it Money in the Bank? What was the, what was the one right after WrestleMania? I think it was Money in the Bank. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I mean, I I said in my review that Money in the Bank was better than this. Um, I guess maybe I don't remember Money in the Bank all that well. Maybe I tried to forget it because it was so bad. Um, Just remember the cinematic match at Money in the Bank was the tag team match between the Street Profits and the uh, Viking Raiders War Experience people. No, so that was, was back. That was backlash. That was backlash. Yeah. Also bad. Money in the banks. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the climb the corporate ladder. Yes. So that was the ladder for sure. Really bad cinematic match. Backlash was the worst of the year. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm saying worst just because of the endings. Honestly, like if it wasn't for Drew and Ziggler, uh, this I would have. uh, I'm giving this like a two out of five. If it wasn't for Drew Drew and Ziggler getting my two out of five, or sorry, Drew and Ziggler getting 1.5, and the cinematic is getting one. Like, 2.5 out of five is my uh, is my rating because it's I don't know, man. It's the the endings to me. If the endings weren't as bad as they were, because the Rey Mysterio and uh, Seth Rollins match was decent until the end, the Banks Oscar match was decent was great until the end so those are my only issues the ending ultimately ruined the matches for me and um bray wyatt's cinematic match just wasn't as good as cena's cinematic match and that's not bray wyatt's fault technically but they're doing what we all said they were going to do when we originally talked about the cinematic matches they're doing too many of them and they're not doing it properly so therefore it's going to become a boring event of cinematics i would say bray wyatt needs to live only in cinematic matches because of this one tonight like i I would be okay with that and yes and i am okay with that like i don't mind that happening and i get it but it works for bray wyatt just don't do it for anyone else yeah you know what i mean or not necessarily all characters for for whatever reason it works for and i know smarks i know you hate this terminology but it works for supernatural characters and i i know bray's not technically supernatural but but you also need a certain wyatt who can be in the ring though so maybe not all of his characters like you don't technically the fiend should be cinematic um the the regular yeah yeah the regular uh, the regular, I guess the the Wyatt we've seen today doing everything, you could kind of see him in the ring, 
But if you're going to do anything with The Fiend, I think The Fiend should be completely cinematic. Firefly Funhouse, so that Firefly Bray should also be part of the cinematic world. You shouldn't see him in the ring with those get-ups. So he should have two cinematic kind of characters and then two wrestling in the ring characters kind of deal. Because with Bray, that works. You can do it. You've shown many faces of Bray and it only works with Bray, in my opinion, with the wrestlers we do have because he's developed this character for like a good two year, three years now. So it's the work was put in and that's why I don't mind it at all with it being Bray doing what he's doing. It's just it wasn't as good as the Cena match. I just yeah. feel like every every time you say it was the worst match, the worst pay per view of the year, I feel like we need to insert the um, uh, Homer Simpson saying "so far" <laughs> pay per view of the year. So please far, do that. please do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, I feel like WWE is going to come up with something bad. I mean, I, I, SummerSlam in a month could be bad. Um, I feel like they're gonna have like a beach party, and it's gonna be an enclosed beach, and Hogan's randomly gonna give Deborah to be. <laughs> He'll come in on a boat from Thunder in Paradise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they get the actual boat, I'll be there for it. I'm all in. <laughs> uh, um, I I suspicion the only thing that I'm uh, that might save WWE's pay per views is. They've really, their social media has gone all in right now on evolution, talking about it, showing matches from it, all of this stuff. I suspect they're going to announce another evolution event, whether it's a pay-per-view or just a one-night Raw or SmackDown event or something. I don't know, but I feel like they're going to do that. And that could be potentially a high point of the year because they've got enough good women's wrestlers to do it for sure and we're talking nxt too right i imagine so i imagine they would include nxt in it yes nxt and uk as well maybe a little um yeah i would love to see that something different um that'd be cool just there's enough phenomenal woman rest hopefully they do it before Kari zane leaves because uh i would love to see Kari zane in a match mm-hmm. but we'll do it after uh, ty valkyrie comes over so that Possibly. we the matches that we've mentioned on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. But I just, you know, I just point out we still have Hell in a Cell later this year. We still have Survivor Series and we still have TLC. Uh, and Hell in a Cell was the start of debacle wrestling. Uh-huh. And so Stop. I don't have high hopes for any of those ones. But no, I didn't hate this. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to give it an actual rating rating. Do it. Give me what I want. Six, <laughs> six and a half, maybe, out of ten. Because, mm, okay. you know, change scales. Yeah. <laughs> I never do five five stars. I was always doing I don't know. Ten. I always kind of did five stars. It gives me reason. more granular control when I do a ten. Because when you're doing out of five, yeah, I mean, you could do a quarter, but that sounds silly. It's, it's two and a quarter stars. Well, so with my rating, um, if I said 2.5 out of 5, that essentially would be a what? That'd be like 5 out of 10. Five. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. 5 out of 10, then I'll go your way, Mr. Uh, Mr. Smarks. Mr. Party Duper Smarks. 6.5 out of 10. I don't think it was as bad as you think it was, but it the endings, kind of like you said, the endings are what killed it. That's it. It, it, it could have easily been a 7 if the endings weren't as bad. 
Yeah, I would say that the Indians are the only reason that this isn't a uh, uh, eight out of ten. You know, for uh, the I, I the matches themselves, I give this 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 particular pay per view a uh, uh, four star, four out of five stars, or or eight out of ten. The the endings um, hurt a lot, <laughs> and uh, and it probably takes me down to that six to seven. Um, probably pretty close to six and a half. <laughs> What's that? It didn't hurt that much for you then, because you went there. Well, when you went to seven, I was like, so you went down a point. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, we're watching a wrestling pay per view. We're watching all of the wrestling. You don't just watch the endings. I mean, uh, in no way. So Sasha and 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 uh, Oscar was a twelve minute match ish. Mm, yeah, somewhere there. Um, if they're a twelve minute match and thirty seconds of it I don't like, or or forty five seconds of it I don't like, and everything else I like. I can't really be all that pissed off about it, you know. Yeah, but that's like saying, okay, I really liked the Sixth Sense um, because so if the Sixth Sense didn't have that scary, that phenomenal ending where we find out that Bruce Willis was a, a dead guy. Spoiler alert! Wait, for what? Whoa, 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 whoa! You need whoa, to give that spoiler whoa. alert first, buddy boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't say spoiler alert after the fact. Bruce Willis is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I swear I just saw him in a movie where he was an assassin. <laughs> it's crazy. I didn't know he was dead. So, quite literally, okay, I don't know what I was going with that. I felt like I had a point there. But I'm just saying, with wrestling matches, though, it kind of counts because a lot of people tend to judge how they like the movie based off the ending. You know, a lot of people wouldn't have liked The Sixth Sense that much if it didn't have that phenomenal ending. Because that phenomenal ending is what made it so powerful, is what made it ultimately tell the story of what actually happened and why things were happening. It explained everything else. It was that perfected ending. Essentially, that's what an ending in a wrestling match is supposed to do. It's supposed to... A kid could see... Yeah, exactly. But that's, to me, what a ending in a wrestling match does. It ties everything up in a nice little bow and says, this is all we did throughout these 12 minutes. And this is the conclusion of the match. Usually the ending solidifies everything that happened in the matchup. And you are somewhat pleased because of how bad it happened. Essentially, it makes everything that happened there pointless because you're ultimately feel completely disgusted by what you have just seen and therefore just the rest doesn't matter. So with the exception of those two matches, which engines do you hate? I mean, we all we all know that the Schmaz engines happen on non-premium pay-per-views. So anything that isn't 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 uh SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Survivor Series or Royal Rumble that you're going to get a lot of Schmaz Schmaz engines in it cuz it's building other storylines. It's just, a, it's essentially an extra I, raw. Right. And I mean, look, the, those two, yes, I didn't like because of the endings. You had the tables match, which was decent enough, you know, like whatever, that's fine. Uh, but it's yeah, a the tables match. match great. Tables, yeah, tables match was good. I, I had no problems with that. But then, um, you know, the Bailey, the Bailey match was decent enough too. I maybe didn't like that ending, but I'm not too critical on that one. It's just more along the lines of, 
oh, you could have kind of maybe made it a bit different to my liking, but that's just me nitpicking. And that's whatever. But that match was great. I enjoyed that. Between Bailey and uh, Ziggler and um, Ziggler and uh, McIntyre, those matches were great. And uh, the tables match were great. Two endings kind of did it done for me. And I think maybe... So you ed- dropped him. You dropped him on a ten-point scale. You dropped him six points on on more than half. Because yeah, you said everything was great, and great means that it's an eight or above. No, fantastic means it's an everything. Er- oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm just making sure that I have the right descriptors here. So, 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 so for instance, for instance, uh, the tables match, I give it uh, seven on ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Ziggler McIntyre match, I gave an eight on ten. Solid. Yeah. Oh, I maybe even a nine. I really that for it me was a really match. good match. Yeah. Nine on ten. Ray Seth, um, I I give that like a five on ten. I I really thought the ending was the, stupid. The wrestling, or, or are you including the finish in that? I'm including the finish in that. Wrestling-wise, it would maybe got a seven. I feel like it's lower than that if you include the finish, but it, it's much higher if, if you don't. Like, like it's a seven on ten. If I did, I'm just saying it's a wrestling. It's a five on ten because of the uh, the finish. Yeah, the, I mean, the finish is, is a one out of ten. Like, if if zero is a score, then it's a zero. <laughs> right. Like that finish is horrible. No, but I mean everything with the finish. We're playing semantics, but it's just that's it. And then honestly, the cinematic match. I don't know if you maybe should have ended with that. I, I get where else do you put it in your card? You have to really only put it at the end. But it's just also the cinematic match was. I knew what I was gonna get, but at the same time, because I got such shitty endings. Because to me, the only matches I really was looking forward to on this card were the woman matches. It I, was. I think the cinematic match actually would have kicked off the show better. Ooh, that might have been interesting, actually. Yeah, no, I I was thinking the cinematic match uh, as the as the second to last match and put the Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre as the main event would have made more sense to me. I think if you switch that, it maybe might have got a better rating for me. I agree. I. I felt a little let down when the end of the cinematic match was just like, okay, it's over. Here's the Undertaker talking about the last ride, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so if you had had a match that would have had an actual finish afterwards, I think it would have helped everyone feel a little bit better out of it. No, I'll agree. So once again, it's because of the ending. The ultimate ending to the pay-per-view also left me like, uh if it would have ended with the Ziggler and McIntyre match, I think it would have gotten a greater score because I would have been, I would have finished the pay-per-view on a high note. I would have been like, wow, that was a great phenomenal match. And sure, the other matches would have been shitty, but maybe I would have thought the cinematic match would have been better. It would have been better at that point too, because I was so happy over what happened with McIntyre and Ziggler. And where the hell was Sheamus and Jeff Hardy? They said it was supposed to be. I mean, not that I really care, because whether it was on the pay-per-view or not, now I'm going to have to watch it on SmackDown. But they originally were supposed to have it on Extreme Rules, because they had announced it when he did the thing with The Miz and Morrison. Jeff Hardy did the thing with The Miz and Morrison. It was supposed to be the barroom brawl, too. Yeah, it was supposed to be a bar fight. Um, But then Sheamus mentioned on SmackDown when he hit Jeff Hardy that he says, I'll see you next Friday. So I had mentioned on my uh, the North report that Seamus had messed up because he's supposed to see him at Extreme Rules. 
come to find out that apparently it is going to be on SmackDown on Friday and not at Extreme Rules. And I'm like, okay, so you're trying to get ratings by putting this on TV? On Fox? No, no one's going to care. You could have easily have just put this at Extreme Rules and let it die and sink with the ship with everything else. Because this match is not going to be good either. Like, I, I don't care that it wasn't on the card, but it's not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, they could have put it on the card and, and we still would have been over before 11. <laughs> we would have been over before... Well, 11, your time, time, I should Yeah. Say. Especially when you had the whole MVP situation happen. Like, okay, that match isn't there. How about, you know, just adding Naomi versus Lacey Evans since you're kind of starting a feud there? Oh, my God. Oh, here you go with Stop Naomi again. Put Naomi oh, on God. pay-per-views. Hashtag Naomi deserves better. Okay? It's been Hashtag a no, she doesn't. No. <laughs> oh, I'm so How good. did you manage to sneak me, Naomi into this? Oh, oh so to- you really wanted your three out of ten stars to be legit? Let's oh. throw a Naomi match on there, and then it'll actually be the worst pay per view of the year. Anyway, so I tried to get my girl Naomi. I, I tweeted her. I asked her um, what she thought her greatest matches in WWE were, and um, no response. Yeah, I got no response. Because <laughs> no, Naomi doesn't think she's got great matches. She's a- Actually, she did respond. She gave you a full list of her good matches. Yes, it was complete. Every single one of them. Maybe if I contact one of the Usos, one of them's injured. They might have nothing better else to do. Injured or on suspension for their 17th DUI. (laughs) You guys should just all go on a boat in a swamp and not return, okay? Jeez. <laughs> Meanies. Naomi, hashtag Naomi deserves better. You know what else it deserves better? I don't know. The show probably ending. What's next? <laughs> well, I think that's all we really got to talk about for, for this. Um, I mean, we could go and do some commendations. Uh, I really don't have anything prepared, but uh, commendations for Kylie Ray for winning the number one contenders match in on Slammiversary because I love Kylie Ray. So, I mean, if I'm going to give an accommodation, if I'm going to give an accommodation, I would have to give it for Impact for picking up uh, the Good Brothers as well as Eric Young and EC3. I do think that is pretty awesome uh, that these guys are finally going to get to be used. You know, they've been in the WWE roster for like five years and nothing has happened to them. So this is good for them. And, uh, you know, at least Luke Gallows and Anderson can start going to new japan and do some stuff too so <laughs> that's it and i give uh i'll, I'll throw one out for diana perrazzo um if you listen to uh, uh our most listened to podcasts um ever for raw and order is, is an nxt review um and if you listen to the nxt <laughs> reviews around that time um I, uh, I I deeply enjoy Diana Perrazzo, and uh, I'm I'm pretty jacked that she's now the uh, the uh, Impact World Women's Champion. Of course, he has to so. bring up NXT review. Yeah, <laughs> the one that's the one that's a few weeks behind. Sorry, guys, I travel a lot for um, life because of stuff going on, but they will get done. Especially Great American Bash, because it deeply needs done. This is a really good show. Um, wow, you still do Great American Bash? Like, one job. Uh, yeah, 
no, multiple jobs. Really, really, I do have multiple jobs. Um, one of which includes, you know, spending oh. some time with my mom. Ah, yeah, no. Look, I mean, <laughs> I, I, at the same time, just when you get them done, we get them done. Um, uh, you know, they're they're more of our thoughts necessarily, so not necessarily a review. Yeah, not really a review anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So they're more of your Change thoughts, and and. Um, and that's it, man. You know, like you get to them when you get to them. But definitely, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Just because uh, Great American Bash was pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Please remember that we are part of the Tadnisco Podcast Network. We mentioned this earlier. Uh, go listen to some of our podcast partners, like Into the Dice Box Slam, with that person who we talked about that. Uh, um, could be the authority figure, Vicky Guerrero. She actually now is the uh, manager for one of the podcasters on in the Dice Box Slam, Nyla Rose. So um, Red Dawn's playing right now on TNT. That's really cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then I was going to throw it to you to talk a little bit about the merch site, uh, shop.spreadshirt.raw.and.orderwbu. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that there, J-O-B, so we don't have Smarks doing all this stuff over again? Yeah, no, for sure. So shop.spreadshirt.com slash run over WP. We have a lot of great shirts, but we have, we're not a cop. I mean, we're not cops. We are wrestling cops. Um, not and cops, but, but we're not a podcast. But we play one on a podcast. And, if, <laughs> you know, we, I love the doobly-doos one. I still uh, am waiting for my order. But uh, in the doobly-doos is also one of the other shirts that we have up there, which is always fun times. We are also working on your favorite. Uh, the Cat Astros, Cat Ash Trophy. Uh, which, by the way, tonight's Cat Ash Trophy, uh, 110% goes to, without a doubt, the stipulation of removing somebody's eye to win a match. That is the, uh, the decapitation match only on horror show like that's it's so it's the worst stipulation and probably I, I mean this is up it's up against inferno matches for how bad they can be and this is why i originally thought that this match was going to be a cinematic match because i'm like how else or at least the eye portion like how else are you going to make this a thing without crazy editing correct and they and yet they didn't they didn't cinemize this at all cinemize is that a word it is now it's also the flavor that it's also what happens when you like make snickerdoodles while you're rolling them around in the cinnamon sugar you're cinemizing them good no <laughs> um you, we also have a wix page where there are lots of doobly-doos there's also a link for that uh down below the doobly-doos uh, on that page can be predictions they can be blogs written by one of us three uh most likely one of the other two of the three um because again i, I can barely fit in my review shows so i finally uh am an editor on that so i'll start working on that a little bit more just basically putting a bunch of stuff on there it's gonna be you know maybe recaps of just raw smackdown nxt kind of thing for when we do our podcast with their thoughts kind of have that there for those of you who like reading knowledge is power instead of listening or you can do both at the same time and uh, have a blast with that so we'll definitely try to get our wix site up uh with some more content too for sure cool make sure you like share and subscribe to the podcast um on your favorite podcast 
system. Uh, remember, amongst those podcast systems is the YouTube channel, uh, managed by not yours truly, but the other guy from up north um, that's still on the podcast. Uh, Smarks will be here any second. I can hear him hooking up his mic. Um, yes. We, we've done this all out of order, just so you know. Uh, we've done like, share, and subscribe. Well, I haven't done the five stars yet. We've done... Um, go ahead. Yeah. I, uh, I was just going to say, um, I wouldn't put too much put pressure on the YouTube channel since it really doesn't get updated very often right now. Oh, and... okay. Well, didn't mean to do that to you then, JLP. <laughs> Sorry. Um, shows how often I go to the YouTube channel. I apologize. Well, uh, it, it's, it's nothing against JLB at all on it. It really comes down to the fact that <laughs> almost no one goes to the YouTube channel. So including why, myself. <laughs> why, why, why waste too much time pushing on it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, hey, that's okay. And at uh, the same so yeah, but at the same time it's always good to have because you never know there might be that random fan who listens to us and really likes YouTube where they'll be like, Oh, I could check them out on YouTube too. Uh, but again, yeah. So, but we'll we'll, we'll get it updated. I am gonna have a lot more free time next week. I'll start uploading all the older episodes, and at least get the ball rolling. So we're up to date on that. But we also have, if you guys instead of like sharing and subscribing, which helps support us, if you guys do add up some dough, we also do have a Patreon, which offers a smart. Patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. Or you can go to our merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. So just in case you wanted to hear that twice. Yep. <laughs> you can go to either of them. <laughs> well, you don't know um, what they're going to hear twice. I'm going to have to edit the crap out of this. Segment. That's true. You can have a lot of fun editing this. You can also give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That is one of the best ways to uh, promote us uh, on, on there. A five-star review on Apple Podcasts is like money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are tons <laughs> of ways to support us for free, including liking, sharing, and subscribing. Uh, sharing's the easiest one. Send it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, MySpace. MySpace, Friendster, Napster, something we else need a in Instagram. Page. That would be fun. I I don't know what I'd do. I can't do those dances. I could. <laughs> I, I removed it. I removed TikTok off my phone because of the whole security thing. But now people are telling me that it's not a thing. And it's I don't, not a thing. So it's, I might have it back on. And I'd be down to do some TikTok stuff. Just talk about wrestling. I'm in. I'm, I'm young enough. I'm hip enough to do the TikTok thing. So yeah. I don't you know. Don't, if you I, on the for you like page, TikTok. you do the whoa. TikTok is easier. <laughs> is it? Yeah, all I know about TikTok is there are really young people on there, not dressed in enough clothes for a person who's old enough to be their dad. Yeah, that's um, that's a no-no. I they I definitely need more attire on. Yeah, I would say for the most part they're probably fine. The the I mean the simple fact is you and I are old enough that we could be lots of people's dads. Um, I mean, the, the simple. Are you fact suggesting is, that we should have some listeners call us daddy? I, I'm, I'm just saying that from a from a logistical standpoint, there are people who could have graduated college that I am old enough to be their dad. You know, I mean, I there. Mean, if you get to the biology of it all, there are people old enough to be in high school that JLB that could be their dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's about literally there biology. are people. 
they're literally people who could have their master's degrees and I'm old enough to that I could be their dad. You're old enough <laughs> to be a grandpa. Yeah. You are just I'm old. So old to be. <laughs> but but you're not, and that's okay. So, I, I, we hit Wix, we hit shop.spreadshirt. Uh, or dot com backslash raw and order. We hit uh, Patreon. We hit uh, um, like, share, subscribe. We hit five star. Um, oh, we didn't say who we do the five stars like. And since I botched it at the beginning, Smarks, this is your thing. Go for it. Give us five stars, just like the number of aneurysms Jim Cornette had watching the Stadium Stampede match. Because I'm going to continue to say that forever. <laughs> Fuck Jim Cornette. <laughs> and you know what, guys? You can always follow us, technically. We haven't done our social medias. So what's our uh, our Twitter one is at Raw and Order WBU. Where you can... actually Smarks. Mm-hmm. Fair yeah. enough. I'm sorry, Smarks. Go right ahead. Where can they follow okay. you? That's his. You just yeah. said it. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. You can I, I, also yeah. follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. <laughs> and then JLB is at at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. Um, anchor.fm slash RTR. I literally just posted my website now, realtalkradio.online. That's right. I didn't want a .com. I didn't want a .ca. I wanted to be different, and I'm online. So that's where you can get that. Awesome sauce. So, um, yeah, I think that, I guess, gets us to the end. Do we I, have our GeoCities yes. site? Have we told people about our GeoCities site? I don't know. I, I think <laughs> this is a perfect example of how far off the rails we can get if I'm not here to rein things in. <laughs> I think we did a pretty good job of getting them all mentioned in fact throw us a hat throw us a note on on twitter if we did an okay job of getting it mentioned say hey vincent k fame you did a good job Um, and if i did a horrible job say hey just wait for him to get his headphones next time he's he's pretty much just gonna edit us out and make it like it was a he's literally gonna just edit the whole thing out and just re-record it without us on on the call because he's kind of a control freak like that kind of kind of okay legitimately a control freak like that again i want to mention that red dawn is on tnt right now (laughs) okay is it the original red dawn or is it the new one i don't know i haven't started it um there's an hour and seven minutes left um and and in the background here we'll just i'll just click it because i'm probably gonna end up watching it because you know i've drank like six energy drinks tonight um so it is let's see if it's patrick swayze because if it's patrick swayze you know oh it's commercial that's fantastic it's a commercial done on where what channel is it tnt same one you watch uh, aew's on nope i watch it on the canadian one tsn yeah because he's canadian remember yeah one job don't you know don't you know Uh, i didn't even know that was a country canadia <laughs> anyway, I think it's time to shut it down and, and be happy that the fiend is back. It's the one with, this is the one with Patrick Swayze. It is cool. Yeah. Boom. And that's it. So yeah. You okay. <laughs> so so uh, after you've done all that like sharing and subscribing, we will 
ends this for this week. Close the book on the wrestling booking unit. Oh, jeez. Hey, <laughs> Jamie, let's thing. do a review of Red Dawn. <laughs> Thanks uh-huh. for listening, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye. Ciao for now. <laughs>